Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 132, featuring two films by Alan Pakula. Now, you notice I almost put up three films because he is famous for his Paranoia Trilogy, which are Clute and Parallax View and All the President's Men. However, we've already covered All the President's Men, so we're going to go ahead and just talk about Clute and the Parallax View. Parallax View was shot in, came out in 1973, featuring um, Warren Beatty. And Clute came out in 1971, featuring Jane Fonda and Donald Sutherland. Now, these are great films and uh, nominated for several Oscars, including probably Jane Fonda's best performance she ever gave, which she won an Oscar for, uh, and really, really great stuff, and very excited to talk about these things. Uh, we also talk a whole lot about Gordon Willis, who is uh, the cinematographer in these things and did an amazing job uh, for uh, the cinematography that he did. And gotta say that Clute is one of the most interesting uh, lighting of any movie ever made. So really great to be able to put that out there. Uh, I don't really have that many announcements. You know, this is winding up towards the end of the year. Uh, We, of course, are still going to be recording podcasts and doing watch parties. We had a really fun watch party uh, this last weekend. Um, and if you'd like to join us on any of these things, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, our Twitch is mostly where we can see things, and that's twitch.tv slash at uh, twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Again, twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Uh, but we do do YouTube lives as well, uh, and those are a lot of fun. And that's where you get all our YouTubes, including this video right here, if you'd like to watch it. And that is youtube.com slash at martini giant. youtube.com slash at martini giant. Do live events there as well as anything pre recorded, including stuff that's not actually podcast. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. But for now, enjoy Clute and the Parallax View. <laughs> Okay, mm-hmm. so the movies we're talking about today are going to be Parallax View and Clute. These are two of the three uh, trilogy films from uh, Pakula, uh, the third one being All the President's Men, which we've mm-hmm. already covered. Yep. So we're only doing two of them. Uh, I wanted to do Parallax View because it was um, something that... Uh, uh, Daniel and Eric have brought up quite a bit recently, and I figured, well, let's keep let's let's keep going on it and talk about it. Um, and uh, in fact, you have uh, a couple stories, Daniel, that you try to recreate shots from parallax <laughs> views. Recently, become very true. Yeah, so, like I've uh, I'm I am uh, obsessed with uh, like I love parallax view uh, in particular. The parallax yeah. view is like one of the most iconic paranoia movies of all time. It's uh, very creepy and very funny. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it. But its opening shot has always sort of mesmerized me. And I've been to Seattle many times. And the, like, the opening is in Seattle. And uh, um, we'll talk about it. There's a, an assassination at the Space Needle. And uh, the opening shot is of this uh, classical Native American, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um sculpt you know it's a, a i know it's a, a token pole right and totem so like um and it's uh you know it starts on this and then the camera slides sideways parallaxes the parallaxing the view um and it slides sideways and you see behind it is revealed the space needle 
And it's space. a fucking great shot. It's just one of these great, great shots. And every time I've been to Seattle, I I keep on, you know, promising myself, like, oh, I'm just going, I'm going to go to the Space Needle and find the um, waiter that, and, and see if that, yeah, I'm going to shoot. I mean, well, what, actually, because the waiter, the waiter is the guy who's going to get blamed. I'm going to go up on the roof. <laughs> but the, uh, the like, I want to go to the Space Needle and I'm going to see if that is, a, like, if there really is a totem pole there. Or if that's a fake or a set or just something done for the movie or whatever. But all, all the times I've been to Seattle, I've been there and I even looked around and I didn't spot it. But in, until this year, when I went on a road trip with my eldest son, we went up there and uh, we scouted and he, and he was like, we gotta, we're going to find this. I know you are obsessed with this. We're going to find this. And uh, so we dug all around. We finally find out what the totem pole was, who the artist was, where the location was. And found it in the uh, sort of the bar, that, the backside of the park, and I on my phone recreated the shot from Parallax View, which was That's very cool. exciting for me. And then recently, just last week, uh, as uh, Chris and I are out um, scouting for a project that we're all involved in, we happened to be at Griffith Park, and we saw the tiny train. little train that is also in Parallax View. Uh, and this sort of completes, uh, or at least, uh, adds to the fact that I also lived nearby the Parallax Corporation building set, uh, down, yeah, uh, my daughter went to school next door to that. Yeah. It's spectacular. So like my life is very Parallax view centric, which is a very Parallax experience. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like it, it starts to seem a little conspiratorial that so much Parallax view is entered. And I was thinking on this one and we'll talk about it, but like that interior, was the new convention center? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That looks. Yeah. I mean, there's no way you could have a. That that's the big convention space. center. Oh, not, not in that building. No, it's definitely. No, 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 no. Center. That building's yeah. small, but like yeah. that's the convention center downtown. Yeah. I think it was probably brand new. Just brand, looked, yeah, because it's a little well, space. It's, the, the, right. it's the, the South Hall, so which the yeah. old hall, obviously, but right. um, yeah, it's huge. It's massive, yeah. but that looks right. about right because yeah. yeah, I've set up stages in there and stuff, so. And I think that Did you have a golf cart. Did you not have a golf cart? Did you shoot anybody and get blamed I for it? Did. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah, like Parallax View is for now the seventies. What defines seventies movies in general is their cynicism. I think that is the the overarching thing that affects yeah, most they, great films in the, in the they, 70s. they they are cynical of people. Yeah, because of. The Vietnam War and uh, Nixon and uh, all these big, terrible things that happened. And, and assassinations of people and, like uh, Robert of assassinations. Because oh, this, this right. assassination was sort of, I hate to say modeled, but the idea was around Robert F. Kennedy. Right? Yes, exactly. It's who Beatty a, was involved with and campaigned with. Yes, that's right. And so, uh, yeah, the opening, the opening of Parallax View... Is it is not a recreation of the assassination of uh, Bobby Kennedy, but, but it is. It has it's a pretty close it's in a restaurant. Sir Han, Sir yeah, Han. Yeah. No, well, he came out of the large hall, but Sir Sir Han, Sir Han, Sir Han was dressed as a waiter. Yeah, that's right. That, absolutely, he came I mean, out. He yeah, tried he to went, run, he run went, away through the kitchen. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. He was in the kitchen. He was, he was in, in the, the kitchen. kitchen. Yeah. And this is another thing is I, I also lived about a block from the actual assassination site. Uh, yeah. I used uh, to go hang the, out there uh, when it was empty. Gaylord a Hotel. friend of mine managed yeah. that but in the 90s. When I would come out to L.A., I would uh, hang out with him at work, and it would be the empty ambassador. And yep. he rented it out for, like, true romance and stuff like that. Right. And I would just hang out 
and write and do work out of uh, Sammy Davis's old suite. Oh, that's which was wild, empty. Dude. That's and, great. And uh, talked to this guy named Frank, who was uh, that's my old neighborhood in L.A. because I live mm-hmm. just down the street from it. But Frank <clears> uh, was there, and then he showed me. He did the recreation walkthrough from the the Venetian oh, through sure. uh, to the kitchen area. And That's then the awesome. frame where the FBI took out and he was kind of giving me his breakdown because he was there, but in the back towards the uh, machines, the dishwashing machines. Right, right, right. He was like 80. They And they just paid him just because they felt bad. And he was a nice guy, but he started off – he said he started off when they used gold coins. And he was uh-huh. a um, – like a out shoeshine boy and, and out helping out with the luggage, right. Right. a bellhop when he was like 14. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. In the twenties, yeah, a crazy story. So he saw yeah. everybody, and he was there that day uh, for the assassination. But that's everybody in like the first Academy Awards. Yep. yep. And what's right. interesting is they tore it down. It was my old neighborhood, and they yep. built a school. A high school. A, yeah, that's right. And I was talking to a guy about this because I said I used to come out and I used to hang out there when it was empty, and they actually put a plaque for Frank in the high school. Oh, that's great! I didn't know that. Yeah. That's great. That's cool. So I was like, that's really sweet. He was so old. I have old photos of him and like uh, just walking around empty place. I did some of it on my Instagram. You can see my old ambassador photos and mm-hmm. maybe I'll share those with you guys. They're so fun. Oh, sure. Uh, that's just amazing. the empty place, sun setting. I would just walk around, take photos and wait for him, to, my friend to finish work. I used to, I used to go drinking all the time at, um, uh, the, HMS uh, HMS Bounty across yeah. the street. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite bars. <clears throat> but yeah, that's yeah. It's still, I mean, like it still has a spooky side. I walked by it actually. I just uh, I was walking all the way down Wall Street the other day, and I walked by that, and uh, I was like, there's still something very spooky about this scene. It's very strange. A very strange atmosphere. Uh, but a, a wild part of town. But yeah, so like the parallax uh, interconnections continue, and. Uh, I'm very happy to be covering this today because I've seen this maybe one million times. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you've movie, seen it before. I have seen it before. I've seen both these films before. Uh, it's been a long time. I, I just Parallax View is a little goofy to me. <laughs> oh, it's 100 percent goofy. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's on it's on purpose goofy. Sure. Like, it's like it's but it feels like, a little QAnon. <laughs> oh, it's one that absolutely true. But that's the whole. That's arrows. the beauty of it. Uh, yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know, it's ex- I know. It's, it's so excessive and ridiculous. Yes, and but it keeps it like and it and it plays both hands at the same time. It's sure. treating it very seriously, but then it it pushes it as far and as silly as it can possibly go. And it's really, it's I don't know. To me, that's sort of beguiling because it's both hilarious and and you still go. Well, maybe <laughs> like given, given the actual nonsense that really happens in the world, when you find out with the things that happen, sure. you go and like, it was, there was it's not whole, impossible. <laughs> there was this whole star chamber aspect to it mm-hmm. as well, which it was so predominant at the time. And I actually, upon watching it again, I really think there was this commentary on a, a certain church in LA. There's a touch of that. Yeah. Like they there bring in every, like it, it, it brings in everything. That's the beauty of the movie. It, it does like do the that. The literature You're, aspect and the kind of mm-hmm. the way everybody yep. kind of the hangs questions out. and yep. and and uh, getting yes, absolutely true. Like it, it's, it's, it's totally the mother of all like, conspiracy but, but events. I, I think the thing that made me go like, eh, 
like a little bit this time is I think when I started to realize the parallels, and we brought this up just before recording. Fletch, it. Mm-hmm. Fletch, and this movie are very I felt similar. The same oh, way. Oh, like, Fletch Cronin steals from this movie. Fletch steals from this. But the whole all the Hugh Cronin stuff yeah, scenes was totally Fletch. Yeah, like um, out, Fletch. I love Fletch. No harm to Fletch, but like Fletch is just like you know what I love the parallax view. Let's cast Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah, you know who also liked uh, the parallax view. Uh, Jim Jones of Jonesville guy. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I think that Jim may be taking it a different Jonestown. way than I do. Jonestown yeah. guy. Yeah. 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 He did. Like, he did. Thing- he loved it. He forced all of his uh, people to watch it over and over again. Well, because the, the, <laughs> yeah, like this is the thing, right? It's like, like Parallax View is very intentionally, I mean, there are scenes that are straight up Burt Reynolds goofball car chase wacko in this oh in this yeah movie. that jump where he the, the car jumps the, the it's car like, jumps it's total the smoking fight the, it's yeah. smoking the bandit it's smoking the bandit, it's yeah. Yeah. The bandit. Yeah. and like it's not like you and like, alan pakula knows how to control the tone of his movies you see like all the president's men he knows exactly what he's doing or right right so these are really really intentional choices and the entire idea of of the parallax corporation is is like be it's that's beyond like robert ludlum silly like it's 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 fantasy land, silly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the beauty, like, I think the reason why I, this, I respond more and more to this movie is that the actual world, it, like, I don't believe in conspiracy theory elements of the real world, but certainly the bullshit that people accept in the real world is as silly and fucked up as is represented in this movie. Like, that you have, like... The entirety of QAnon, it's something, and this is from a reverse parallax view. It's like, like, if, if, uh, like QAnon itself is a parallax corporation created by itself, by, by people that want so much to believe in this that they affected the presidency of the United States. Like, right. the absolute fantasy, cause like what's, what's really interesting about, the parallax corporation's intent is like, we're just going to manipulate people into their own fantasies Mm-mm. and then, and then make use of them. Right? No, they answer it. They answer it where he's in the apartment mm-hmm. with him. And he's like, I get a great satisfaction helping people who are on the cusp, who can't really work with others. It's really their belief is like, I'm helping humanity, almost like the Scientology thing. (laughs) Yeah, very true. Right. But what they're doing is helping humanity and gathering all these people who are misfits in some ways. Yes. And then basically monetizing them out to Mm -hmm. businesses in order to kill people. But they think they're doing God's work in their own perspective. Exactly. And this is true for, for the, for the unnamed, uh, church-like object in Los Angeles. It's true for the, we said it a uh, couple times. It's, it's yeah, true. I said it. So it's, I'm the one that's true get in for trouble. QAnon. Like what, like the movie is pointing out is like this structure as goofball and bullshit as all of this is, this structure actually exists. It's just you don't need a corporation to control it. People do this naturally of themselves and then real corporations take advantage of them. Like, which is what happened with say Scientology. That's what happened with QAnon. The corporate, the Trump corporation was like, look at this fucking crazy group of people. Look at these boobs. We can make this work. And by the way, do you know who owned the ambassador when I was visiting it? Who? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean like, this is the thing, dude. It's like, 
See, it's all yeah, it is. Like, what's <laughs> like what's amazing to me about say things like QAnon is that the, it QAnon is actually a massive conspiracy of people who I don't, don't know. know. I don't know a thing about it. Uh, it's wild. It's I, truly. Uh, wild. I, we should I, watch a documentary. On no, it. it's truly it's just, wild. It's a, there's only so much of my life I can give to stupidity, well, and that's why a, I don't want to know. But that like, stupidity it, is manipulating all of american politics it's 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 a it's a combination because another one is the uh, what's the other uh there's two more first of all there's the uh the epstein group right what another, is that which the, is another pizza oh, thing yeah that's oh, no, that's no, the q that's QAnon. but like epstein and child prostitution like knowing like the reality of that ring is just incredibly shocking to me right and it's no there's no uh like it's just people like with a Venn diagram of worse and worse interests supporting each other. Like there's no like thing. There's no like organized evil corporation. Uh, it's eyes wide what, shut. It's eyes wide shut. <laughs> like it's, it was like eyes wide shut is real. No. Uh, or the, uh, or the sex ring with the, um, uh, the, the sort of like uh, the Tupperware uh, or Amway version of uh, the sex trafficking. What was it called? The HBO did a documentary on, what? Like where you're just like, you can't believe these things are actual. And for the most part, like, especially with QAnon, like there is no QAnon corporation running QAnon. It's just a mental uh, addiction to the idea of conspiracy, right? That builds on itself. And then corporations like Trump take advantage of it as That's, if they yeah. grew it. And I'm just like, yeah. this is the, the reality of the world is as silly as parallax view is intentionally silly. Like it really does represent how the world works. It's just that it's not a corp an evil corporation that's running everything. It's us. Like we're the, we're the crazy ones. It's corporations just take advantage of that. And you want to really, do the bizarre. summary of what this is real quick. Cause I, what I want to sure. do is instead of going through it, Scene by scene, I'm just gonna we're gonna go through it quick so we can have more in depth conversations. Yeah, okay. So like very very quickly, um, this is a uh, Parallax View is a hyper paranoid thriller that is uh, it's ninety eight percent a thriller, two percent a comedy. Uh, of uh, Warren Beatty is a report a, a reporter, right? He's a reporter. He is um, present during an assassination attempt or an, assass an actual assassination at the space needle of this major government figure. And everyone who was there over the next few years, he wasn't there. Yeah. He, was he, he, was he kept wasn't out. allowed yes. in. He, he was, was in the space, in. space needle. Right. But that, that, without complicating it, like he was in the area and yeah. his friend was in the room. Right. Right. Um, when the assassin assassination happened, everyone who was a witness, who was a direct witness to who, what the real killer was is dies of some strange accident or circumstance over, over the, the next five years. Five years. Right. And so it's slow enough that it's like, well, he had a heart attack or, oh, that guy went nuts or that it was a car crash. Oh, wait, there's so three, three people died. No, there's actually six people that have died. Yeah. Six and, died. and his and friend comes to like, dies, I'm going to be killed. She, I'm going to be killed. And then she's and like, like yeah, being, yeah, sure, sure. Paranoid. And then she's killed. Then she's killed. Right. And so he starts to investigate it. Yeah. And uh, to super, super short version is as he investigates um, and he sort of goes undercover in various guises, 
he becomes aware of a corporation called the Parallax Corporation, which may be behind this assassination because it's a company that develops assassins for political use, right? right? And he digs deeper and deeper into it, going all over the country, and he meets weirder and weirder people, and stranger and stranger shit all happens. Connected. And it all is like this massive web of conspiracy and then in the end he finds himself at this convention center where this another major political figure is going to be giving a speech and he's practicing the speech with you know uh the band there to do a rehearsal and all this kind of stuff and he's hiding to find the killer who's going to try and kill the guy and then the guy is shot and someone points up at him and says there's the shooter and you realize that he's like the five, entire movie is a fucking is, frame for yeah. Warren Beatty to be framed as the assassin, the mad assassin who went crazy and killed this government guy. Right. And so the, like all the weird shit that's been happening has actually been, you know, built by the, by the parallax corporation to put Beatty in the position of being a patsy for an assassination that they, that they do. Uh, and even like, he's like trying to join the parallax corporation and all these weird little adventures. Trying to infiltrate it. Trying to infiltrate it. But in the entire time they're, they are not only onto him, like this is the gag, like this is what they're doing with him. And they, they rope him into being in exactly the right place at exactly the right time. Uh, put a gun in his hand. Knowing that you can never win. What's the point of, you know, it's like, you just, you're just going to be like a sheep, like sheep. So he's stuck up there. He's stuck up and way up in the rafters. Yeah. At and so end. like and he, he sees to, that there's a gun the, waiting for him like, oh, fuck, I'm the Patsy. Right. And he tries to run to get out. And one of my favorite ending shots ever. He tries to run out that's out this door. A shadow so appears good. in the doorway, oh. raises Damn, a shotgun, kaboom, and kills Beatty. <laughs> and that's and the it's end. fucking amazing. It's great. And the thing is, the, the, the entire gag of the movie is that, I mean, like, especially living in those times and living in these times now, like... Because the movie takes everything that happens, no matter how ridiculous it is, seriously, it it creates that same unsettling tone that we currently experience of like, this world can't fucking be real. Like, this can't be true. Donald Trump can't actually be fucking president of the United States. That doesn't make any sense. Right. And it, and it yeah, simulates he's leading that in many states. Yeah, and yet he's again leading in many states. And so like this is the this is the creepy comedy of this movie is like the world is as crazy as you think it is. We just made it into a movie for you and put movie tropes in there so you can both see how stupid it is and see that you're really in it. <laughs> We're just going to become sheep. Yeah. The fact it's that wild. you're so helpless is what bothers me every time I watch that film. Yes. Like you just talked about it, like you can never win. Even yeah. if you are correct and yeah. right and how unjust it is, you still will get blamed and framed. And it almost makes things like just sit on that trolley train and go around in a circle. It, exactly. That, that, Eric, you fucking nailed it because That's that the whole is, point of it. that is the comedy of the movie. Like, I mean, it's, the movie, you watch and it. And the guy like, that does it is he goes to him for knowledge. So he's a really smart guy who's just playing the game. And he's, he's on, on a, a train. Kitty train. Kitty train. <laughs> on, a, on a kitty train. That's all we fucking are. Yeah, just, why are they meeting on a kitty train? That's well, what I'm that's talking the about. That's the story. That's the metaphor. Yeah, exactly. That is so the that, movie. That the is. movie is just like, 
And we're talking about something actual. This is really happening. And I That's know right. it's You're on the kitty train stupid. and he's more knowledgeable than him. And he seemed it's like amazing. a renegade. It's like, well, be careful. Yeah. Don't, don't rustle everything, but he does and there, he gets blamed. So there, we're there's just no other movie to... that straddles this so well as this movie. It's well, just that's insane. why his movies yeah. are so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I've always loved this film. And every time you watch it, there's some, it's like an onion you peel back. Yeah. I'm, and it's very sophisticated, but it's also, you watch these movies to, uh, back to back. And, um, well, I own them, but the point is back to back, you don't rent it. You just can put it on any time. Mm-hmm. The graphics and the uses, the use of still photography mm-hmm. is, I think, like blow up. Because yep. he uses yep. that these graphical elements to help push a storyline, even in Clute, and they yep. freeze and do things, and the way graphics play a part of messaging. Yeah, it's because it, it's the the power of a single image mm-hmm. is so much greater than something in motion. That's like right, it, and no. that's why. But then the repetitive nature, even in the movie in Parallax, but in Clute. You could see these cool, like the the spelled backwards. It's so beautiful yeah. how it just yeah. comes. And yeah. that to me is really the, the beauty of it too, is that he understood all of that. So like now Warren, Warren Beatty, I didn't like, I didn't even, I wasn't really aware of Warren Beatty until my, my late twenties really. Like I knew him as like, you know, Oh, the guy that did Dick Tracy and stuff like this. And I never uh. really dug into his filmography, but I can tell you that he is. He is maybe beyond Robert Redford, my favorite movie he was, star of the period. Yeah, he was amazing. For me, when I saw as a kid, Splendor in the Grass, mm-hmm. I could not stop crying. I mean, it yeah. was such an emotional film. He was a huge star, and his sister was even bigger in five, ten years prior to him. Oh, really? Um, yes, yeah, Shirley MacLaine. That's right. I did know that, but I'd forgotten it. That's right, Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, yeah, but he was friends with all the studio execs. He was a huge womanizer, and he was a big player in the '60s. And he, 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 he was a hell shampoo. of a producer. Yeah, I mean, he well, like, shampoo was the '70s, movies. but in the '60s yeah. when he was a young stud. Yeah. yeah, you know, I saw a photo of him with like all the old studio heads in like 1966. Right. So, and he was—he's a super smart guy. Yeah. And um, I think they say he's the last. They said Paul Newman, but he was bigger than and he was smarter than uh Robert yeah Richard. he's a real he's a real genius i think i think baby was legit artist and genius and that's why yes. he did end up doing shampoos because like, he was really talking about his own image as a you know this lothario sleeping around with everybody and everybody was like like he knew what he was portraying in that movie and he was also sort of showing how lonely and choiceless that has become for him by that point you know like uh but you see like everything from heaven can wait to uh bonnie and clyde to uh parallax view to i mean like this guy is just like and he is in artistic control of all of these stories like he, these are movies that he is driving to he have also made. directed several scenes of parallax view even though it was a career and he changed yep. plots several times yep, yep. so he's and, if he's involved, it's like like Brad Pitt. It's Pitt. It's, like, film. Yeah. It's, it's like bringing uh, what's her name, um, Barbara Streisand, in. I mean, she's going to take over behind yeah. the camera. Yeah. And, and Baby is of his own. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, Reds. Yes, like Red, Reds is a wonderful, wonderful movie. And uh, and and still, I, I like nobody. Nobody has. I've never seen anybody talk about this. Interstellar, which I love. Interstellar, very widely loved science fiction film. The entire 
idea of Interstellar's um, interview with the Dust Bowl people that frames the movie is from Reds. Like, that's the opening of Reds. And I'm just like, has no one fucking seen Reds? Like, I don't think, I think people have forgotten Reds. And it's an incredible film. And it's really the last great film he ever made. But it's, it's really, really something. So he dominates the 70s for me. Um, even more so than Redford. Redford's in some of my favorite movies of the seventies, but the guy who's artistically controlling what is happening is, you know, 30% Warren baby. <clears throat> and this is one of my, like, he is incredibly fucking cool in this thing. And uh, he has, he gets to have it all. <laughs> he's got car chases. He's got fucking, uh, uh, fights with, uh, fishing gear. Yeah, it was a little bit Dukes of Hazard, honestly. Dukes it was of a Hazard little actually. Dukes of Hazard. It is. It is. A little Duke. You can't go it wrong is. with a little that Duke in your life. It's so it's ridiculous. fucking hilarious. It's so <clears throat> ridiculous. Like it is. I was waiting for like dueling banjos. Salmon Town or something. Salmon Salmon Tail. And the thing is, like, well, here's like my I'll skip ahead to my favorite part of both of these movies, by the way is um it, well actually it's gordon willis's photography but the yes. second favorite thing is uh pakula's sense a uh, bizarre sense of editing and storytelling is out of control because like especially in parallax view like he just cuts out whole sections of lead up and explanation to scenes like he just he's like i don't give a fuck if you understand what the setup is at all and he just dives into the scene so like he will like uh he'll be like Okay, so now he's in a bar. And then the next 20 minutes are going to be a bar fight with this sheriff. You don't even know why he's talking to this guy. And then they're going to be at a dam. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yep. You know, and like, it's so... Who was the waitress that was like hitting on him? Because oh, she yeah, and he just like the martini. Yeah, you know, that one is, was it uh, two is not enough and, and three is too many? That, yeah. That, that oh, would, yeah. Is that, oh, yeah. yeah. Martinis are like a woman's breast. Yeah, exactly. One, one is one doesn't make any sense, and three is too many. <laughs> three is too many. That's right. It's a good yeah, line, man. actually. Yeah, He's like, like, "That's very funny." Yeah. Well, my, and I love and when then he orders like, milk. <laughs> yeah, and when the when the sheriff's son comes up to him, starts a fight, and he's just like, "From back there, I couldn't tell if you're a man or a woman, but you're a woman, aren't you?" And he just goes, "Yeah, I'm a woman." <laughs> the way he fucking just goes, the way he just lays there, just like, "Yeah, okay, it's fun." Whatever, <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> yep. But like, it like it it, it when it when it delivers the like, it's just like you want uh, distracting entertainment. You fucking got it. Here's a good old uh, Hollywood set bar fight through throwing people through walls and shit, and followed by a Dukes of Hazard car chase. <laughs> yes. Where, where I'm he's wondering, I'm dead. wondering, handing his head out the window. <laughs> to Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> I'm wondering if that's like, because his, the previous film was Clute. So, mm -hmm. and it's very, you know, it's very tight, mm -hmm. right? And yep. uh, the way it's shot. And I'm wondering if the studio is like, look, we need something to go beyond. We want your magic, but. We need some events, well, something sellable, sure, yeah, sellable, yeah. and yeah. they. I can see them because otherwise, I think. Well, I think that the way that he chooses to do it is what makes this movie. Like, I love those scenes, and I think they're part of why the movie feels the way that it does. Because if it, when you play this kind of movie completely straightforwardly and seriously, it becomes po-faced. It's just like, no, it's very serious. You should understand America is a corrupt place, and you're just like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. 
Right. Well, first Whereas of all, this, like this is a silly entertainment movie that makes you feel sick. This there is. I'll just point out also that this movie must have been pretty freaking expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Because crazy obviously they didn't have CGI back then, yeah. right? And you have now. an entire dam opening up behind <laughs> but them. But that's just opening up in yeah. some Oregon town. I mean, I, I understand, but still, the time it's, it's I, a big I actually piece. think probably and the most expensive part of that, that shoot was oh, the blowing whole up of the, thing. Of the, of the, of the, uh, the boat. That was oh, no, that's just crazy. The okay, they bought that's a boat great. and blew it, blew it up. Yeah, I know, but yeah. the the stunt man was on it. Yeah, it's, but it's like on fire. <laughs> well, it's amazing. I love it. Okay, Eric, the, go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. He was at the bow. Yeah, the one was building out on the space needle top, plus oh, with all God, the safety yeah. platforms underneath, because all yeah. those stunt guys were walking really? around up there. Yeah, and that whole bottom underneath <laughs> it, they must have built this huge section. So that's yeah. very expensive. I was watching that, and, and the like, and the, I was watching that, and uh, one, the of, the kids came, yeah, well, one of the kids came in movie. and was like, "Wait, are they actually filming this?" <laughs> I was like, "That's real. They are really yeah. fucking doing that on top of the Space Needle." It That's scary, classic as fuck. stuntman stuff. Yeah. That's crazy stuff. Yeah. They, it's yeah. just insane. It's just insane. There's a new movie about stuntmen coming out. Oh yeah, with lots of CG in it. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> shit. Enorm- an enormous amount of non-stuntman CG. Yes, yes, I yeah. saw that. That was Ryan. Ryan. Uh, 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 I love. I love Ryan Gosling. So I'll probably I. end up seeing this movie. But I saw that ad and I was like, I think it this is the movie you really should have done the stunt stuff. In. But they claim <laughs> that he did. Okay, maybe so. They claim that he did because, you know, that's the new line of Hollywood. This is all in camp. It's all real. It's all real. It looks like kind of shaky nuke compositing. (laughs) (laughs) No offense. I'm sure we know people on board. It's fine. But what they didn't do that in in Parallax View because the stunts are insane. First of all, there is a classic crazy Dukes of Hazzard car Mm -hmm. jump. Yeah, with which minus- really does need a banjo. That's my only critique. Yeah, like Eric, you're right. It's like you need the banjo in this thing. No, you need the face frame when it goes. You need the pigeon from Moonraker doing the double take. Breaker, break. That's what you need. That thing. But the damn stuff was kind of insane. If you look, I mean, I used to take that stuff for granted when I was watching as a kid. But now, if I look at it now and thinking about filmmaking, it's like. The water really opened up. That is very dangerous to be there. And those stunt guys were rolling around. Thousands of tons of water. Rolling around in that shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And And they're filming it the whole time. Like, I hope he doesn't drown. And and that, and like that scene, like, cause I, I, I almost, I told you, Chris, like I almost drove, well, me and my son almost drove to that dam. I was like, I was so obsessed with this movie. I was like, I gotta see that fucking dam. It's way the hell up in there. Oh, you went to that. I almost did. I, I we almost did. Made Where is it? Is it in Oregon? Yeah, it's in uh, it's in Washington State. I think uh, okay. actually it might be in the very north of Oregon. Uh, but it's like way the that's way 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 up there and uh, hard to get to. Um, but it's like that scene is it is by so- Salmon Tail. <laughs> I don't think Salmon Tail is real, but I love Salmon. Yeah. But the uh, uh, but that scene is iconic to me not only for the visuals of the dam, but because. They cut into that without explaining what the fuck is going on at all. Like he's just there with the sheriff whose son he was just fighting. No, 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 no. So, like, okay, they do kind of explain a little it. tiny bit. Yeah. So yeah. first of all, yeah, look, he after he breaks up, <laughs> after he finishes the uh, beating the bar up fight, the, the yeah, bar the fight, the slow motion throw through the wall bar he fight. He says, "You're the law. I'm the well. I'm the 
I'm the, I sh- we should call the police. It's like, I am the police and he's the deputy. Have a seat. You know, it was ridiculous anyway. <laughs> uh, but, but, but then he, uh, he sits down with him at, uh, you know, at his house, which is, you know, I'm going to go on a whole rant after this about Gordon Willis dark lighting, but oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Yeah, right? yeah. But during that, he says, no, he was at a dam and he drowned. That's normal because the wall opened up. He's like, where's this dam? Then he's at the dam. Then he's at the dam. This is all you really know. He's at the dam. And because then, he's so investigating. Like, he's like, I and could so do the, some and the, dude's na- the dude's name is Buster, right? That's the guy yeah. they're talking about, Buster. And so they're like, you just cuts to Beatty's at the dam and Beatty's got his like rod and reel out. And it's just why there. Is he and then he, why is he fishing? You a sandwich. Bought, bought you a sandwich. <laughs> and then it's just long why, why pause. Why does the sheriff bring him a sandwich? <laughs> and then like you hear this. Bah, 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 echoing crazily. Right. And he, and Beatty's like. So, uh, is that the warning? That's the warning, huh? Yep. And he didn't hear that. Mm. Huh? And then the sheriff just goes, I guess there just ain't no buster and attacks him. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like, what? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> and it's like the movie just keeps on throwing you off of any logical chain of thought over and over and over again. And barely getting you back into it. Like, well, how did he get here? What's happening now? Uh, and then it will settle down to a really spooky, quiet little scene. Like when the parallax guy shows up at his apartment, you know, and says like, and has basically kind of hits on him while well, he, pre- he pretends to burn his hand on the pot and these really strange little slow spooky scenes. And then it will go to Dukes of Hazard, and it's changing the tonal channel so much all the time that it feels crazy. Like the movie just feels nuts, you know? And so by the end of the movie, like I'm, I'm in the mindset of Warren Beatty. Who's ready to fucking believe anything. Like, he's just like, this all makes sense. And that's the conspiracy mindset. And what's the name of the guy who plays the dad in the graduate? Oh yeah. Um, shoot. Yes. Uh, that's how you know it's a comedy. Cause that's you how you know it. it's a comedy. You cast him. Yes. <laughs> cast absolutely. 100% true. 100% true. <laughs> like he's like, he is the sort of like, cause he's the, I mean, he's more, he's um, more a television actor than he is a, yes. a that's proper the movie thing. actor. There was, a, there were some television oh. moments. That yes, you exactly. Include. Everything with but he's got everything in that voice, that voice is not a drama or a thriller voice. Yeah. It's, it's like, this is not a serious, like it's not serious casting when you put that guy in there. It's comedy casting when you put that guy in there and, and he's acting like all weird. Cause he's worried that he's going to get assassinated and he gets fucking blown up on a boat in the most spectacular Magnum PI style way. It's absolutely outrageous. The movie is just outrageous. And like when you move between like this thing is, is sandwiched between Clute and all the president's men. And those are the very serious slices of bread of, they told him, don't be serious. Right. And we'll get a broader audience. I think, I think that's true. But he, yeah, yeah, like I, I think I'm sure I'm sure they did. I think he but was just having fun. I think nah, I think there's no, stuff no, no, that's I think not against his you're style. You're both you're but you're both right because he's not just going like I guess I'll throw this in. He's just like I'm going to make this work for me. Like this doesn't fit, and I'm going to make that the signature of this movie. Like the movie is fucking loop, Looney Tunes, and we need to make use of the things that the studio needs for a big Warren Beatty action movie. Let's do it. We can make it work. Do and the thing is, I really don't think the movie works without this fucking silly bizarreness. Do you think 
Here's another theory of mine. Weird one. Mm-hmm. Gordon Willis, when shooting the Parallax Corporation and all the weird stuff like that, mm-hmm. was thinking of Jacques Tati. Oh, God, yes. Holy shit. They have playtime? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Right, one hundred percent. Big, wide. I mean, such you yeah. know, such the classic modernist yeah. photography. Absolutely. You're talking about in um, even uh, outside parallax. Yeah, in parallax, but even yeah. when yeah. even in the because, assassination. Uh, yeah, because like I'm high, telling you, hi- Clute, if you watch these back to back, Clute is so tight. It is yeah. very and tight, and yeah. it's super tight that. Yeah. They they must have said, look, you got Beatty. We got to go wide. We, we got to have big. some action. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's hit the response. This yeah. and that's like that's the Food is like that's, super tight. Like because like this is this is why I love it so much, and this is why I think because if again like if he were to do this absolutely straightforward seriously and have it make logical sense, it defeats the point of the movie. Yeah, like that, that's why like it also works as Fletch because Fletch just goes. What if we just make it more accessible and a com- and a real and an obvious comedy? Then the movie works. But if you drive it all the way to the other end and say, "What if it's super super serious?" Then you have this sort of dreary, non-believable Robert Ludlum movie, you know. And you just go, "Oh, uh, I mean, it's fine, but I'm, I don't really believe this is real." But what it actually does is repli- replicate the feeling of being crazy, which is what everyone in that time period, I'm sure, was very. They all with. were paranoid. Everyone was paranoid yeah. at that time. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I, I think you're probably right, Eric. Like, the studio is just like, you know, what's really popular is that uh, fucking boat chase from the, to live and let die, you know, whatever it is, and yeah. like stick that shit in there. Um, but he, but he makes absolutely yeah. instead use of, of that. saying we're going to kill that aide to the senator who was assassinated, why don't we put him on a boat and blow the boat up? And why do we the have to have him killed in a parking lot of uh, pavilions? Yeah. Right, and that's basically. Okay, we'll give you more money we'll, for it. We'll we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it, and it's going to be crazy because that dude's going to catch fire in the. In was mid-air. it a puppet? It, it did not have. It did not get good reviews when it came out. Really? Oh, that's hard for me to believe. It God. later was seen as a classic. I but, am, yeah. Uh, since the see. since the first viewing of this movie, I have been like an absolute ardent fan of this thing. Okay, hold on a second. So, um. Just keep talking. But like, this is the, like for me, there's another movie, like one step further than this is another movie that I also recommend, but is much harder to like. And that's called winter kills. Hmm. And if you guys haven't seen winter kills, it's with Jeff Bridges. Actually, the cast is insane. Um, but it's got like John Houston, uh, uh, fucking, uh, Anthony Perkins in one of his best bits ever. Uh, and winter, winter kills is like, parallax view times 10 wow it's so weird and so goofball and so sort of serious but can't possibly be serious that it's uh it becomes like almost gilliam-esque and huh. how strange it is yeah i really okay. really are. it's like most people aren't going to like winter kills but if if you like any aspect of parallax you definitely try winter kills okay what year it's, did that come out that's 80 81 i think and it, that's a that's a it's a total paranoid conspiracy, uh, dark like it, it's a comedy, but it's a really fucking weird weird comedy. It's like if you tried to make, uh, it's a mad 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 wad world by John Le Carre. <laughs> like it's absolutely spectacular. 
And it's oh. and, it, and it may be my it's my second favorite Anthony Perkins performance ever. Huh. Very Ghost very is- uh, like, oh, Anthony Perkins. Anthony yes, Perkins. Sorry. Yeah, Anthony Perkins and uh, like Psycho is still the tops, but this is one sliver lower. Not Psycho Two. I like Psycho Two. Psycho's because it's not nearly as good as Psycho, but Psycho Two is actually a pretty good movie. He directed that, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. He. I know. Yeah. He directed. Yeah. He directed that one. Yeah. You're right. That's a fun one. It's a really fun movie. But uh, he is fucking outstanding in Winter Kills. Wow, what a wild film. Yeah. So yeah, Parallax View. Parallax View is definitely like there's lots of good, there's lots of great conspiracy movies in the seventies, like Three Days of the Condor. Another love that for, yeah. flawless movie. Um, uh, but I I don't think there's anything so Wait, fun. Who did? Or, who directed Three Days? That's uh Sidney Pollock. Pollock. That's right. yeah. And so, uh, but this one, like, even if you just only stay for the serious bits, like it has some of my favorite uh edit like editorial gags there's a, like when she that when in the beginning beginning the woman who comes to him uh his friend who's like i think i'm going to be killed first of all her performance is unbelievable like one of the best supporting roles i've ever seen because she is absolutely Good. completely hysterical in a very very realistic way like she like this woman is like panicked beyond belief that she is going to be killed and baby's just blowing her off right and the and that's a it's such a great uh what's funny is that he's blowing her off even though he loves conspiracy theories yes exactly right and she's right there and she is like sobbing and angry well, and he thinks he's in control right yeah. exactly exactly and in one of the best edits in, in 70s cinema uh he's like listen you're hysterical blah 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 and she's like you don't understand freaking out and like they're gonna kill me they're gonna kill me they're not gonna kill you everything's gonna be fine and then it just cuts to her dead on the slab in the morgue. so good like and immediately like, like instantly there's no one like there would have been any other movie there would have been like and then she goes back to her car and a villainous looking man follows her nope. and then blah 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 no none of that fuck out fuck all that <laughs> she's just dead he, he should have listened <laughs> and like and there's so many golden moments like that in this movie it's out of this world out of this world yeah but talk about some gordon willis you have some thoughts on gordon willis i i mean i just think he was brilliant what he did it's just so hard and i just remembered stories about gordon willis when they were shooting the godfather right because mm-hmm. People who are watching dailies of the Godfather, are like I can't see a fucking I can't thing. See what's happening? <laughs> it's so dark. <laughs> that it's guy. So and this dark. is not like you have a video village, man. Like you can't tell no, at all. No. You're like, I hope we got it. Yeah. <laughs> video village. <laughs> no, it's the whole thing is like it's shot with like one candle. You know, it's like yeah. oh, I think there, I see a person. And he loves people as outlines. Loves oh, yeah, people beautiful. Outlines. Yeah. There's, well, you there's, see, you see, I think he also did Clute, right? He did yeah. Clute as yeah, well. Because yeah, because you can see he when did all she, the President's Men, too. Man, yeah, 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 yeah. All, all the stuff when she's in that factory for the clothing. Oh, my oh, God. Man. Oh, Is that man. not Blade Runner with all yeah, the... Is, I was going to say this. I was going to say Ridley Scott saw Clute and was like, this is the rest that. of my life. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought there was part of it looked a little bit like, oh, what's the... Uh, uh, Peter Greenaway, uh, cook wife thief. Oh, the cook the thief. Yeah. 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 Like had a little bit of that. What's going on here? Yeah. Like, cause there's labyrinth a little bit. Yeah. 
Well, because like in in both uh, Clute and in um, in Parallax View, like there are shots that look like if they if no one was moving, it, it looks like sort of like a, a mahogany frieze. Right. Like it's well, just they're like, very painterly. Yeah, it's just extraordinary. Like there's so little light. The light that's there is just like sort of a very very warm everything's close warm. Yeah, yeah like it's unbelievable like um yeah very dutch though yes like in the in in the kind of the tone like um uh like rembrandt but also like uh i'll, I'll come up with it but it's definitely that rembrandt's kind of exactly right yes the ochre tones yeah. like there was just always that and it's beautiful the way the light sources are totally yeah. dig it yeah because uh it's uh, uh who did, it has uh, almost a, like the 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 uh, what's the, the Danish, not Danish, the Dutch, Dutch masters who did yes, all the, that's what I was, but who uh, did the, the still uh, lifes? Like, you know still, what I mean? Uh, uh, Vermeer, Vermeer, there's Vermeer, Vermeer yeah. there's uh, yeah. Van Dyke, there's, um, I'll yeah. come up. Uh, anyway, that's what I was thinking. Like really yeah. that Dutch and Flemish school. Yeah. Yeah, but, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and all, and uh, what's it? There's another great painter that I I love. I can't think of his uh, name. I'm looking, trying to look it up right now. Uh, his most famous painting is the uh, the taking. Oh yeah, uh, Caravaggio. Like it has a very oh, yeah, Caravaggio dude. look, right? Well, he's and, he's an insane person who murdered people. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Car- Caravaggio <laughs> is one of my all time. I ripped off yeah. personally. Ripped off Caravaggio like my whole career. Yeah, uh, and he's a horrible person drunk and rape rapist murder <laughs> and he was <laughs> murdered amazing. on a beach like pasolini after yeah Mark. that's right that's there's right. a whole like church in uh in malta that has all of his paintings in there a lot of tons of his paintings in there it's quite crazy Huge. oh god they must yeah be. That must and be then exciting. there's santa maria del popolo with the martyr of saint matthew in rome mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's there that's one of my favorites beautiful but yeah, these are like this is all Willis's influence. Like uh, the I would say like uh, high uh, contrast too. High Very contrast. High contrast. Uh, like uh, or uh, uh, what's who's the other wonderful painter? Uh, uh, they did uh, the the third of May um, and uh, shoot uh, the giant. I can't remember the name of the guy. Anyway, like it's just like you'll have maybe one bright spot in the frame. Like and by bright, I mean dark yellow, right? And then. It, it, you think there's nothing but black for the rest of the frame and then it holds on it long enough for your eyes to adjust and you're like no there's Jane Fonda <laughs> yes <laughs> yep. like there there it is there I see her now you keep struggling to see the actual people yeah yeah but it's, it's so worth it and so like to see that guy you know can you imagine being Gordon Willis and they're like okay Gordon we've been shooting some beautiful stuff of Hume Cronin and his mm-hmm. lunch but wait till we take on Dukes of Hazard. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. could we shoot this at night and have a candle on the dash? That'd be perfect. <laughs> yep. Uh, did you guys see that? We put it on our, we were on our Discord this week. I saw that the new Sony camera. It's insane. Oh, yeah. good God. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when I read the specs on that thing. Insane. The first uh, global shutter. Glo- global shutter. Yeah, no, no, no actual physical shutter at all. They don't need no. one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. nothing. What does they, that do? Like, I, I was like, coming out in spring. That's insane, and, it's and only it like, can shoot up to eighty thousandth of a second <laughs> speed. Christ, can, and it, and it's basically always filming. And when you're pressing the button, right, you're, you're just taking selects, right? You know, there's several 6, ways. Six thousand for the body. Yeah. 
that seems worth it. That seems like yeah, that's about. cheaper than a Leica. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and cheaper like than a Hasselblad. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it is. I hate to say this. Only twenty four megapixels. That's good only. though. Oh. Because because that's how it can because otherwise it'd be way too much to buffer Your data. But that's yeah, how yeah. like the first A7S was uh, seventeen or uh, fourteen fourteen megapixels, right. and it, their algorithms deal with a low light. That's why I like the Sony yeah, cameras, bigger pixels. Right. Yeah, and so that's the way they can do it and get away with it. Um, and deal with the ISO and low light, but yeah. they are they make all the. Sony's, I think, are the best cameras. I mean, people would fight me. Well, they definitely are the best sensors because everyone buys their sensors. Uses their sensors, yes. So all the sensors in all your iPhones are all Sony sensors. And the TV backings, like, because Sony TVs have the best black levels, I personally feel. And most of those range of of TVs, certain ranges, they all use just the Sony... um, Screen the mm-hmm. or chipsets. I don't think in it. so. Actually, LG makes way more screens. I think the Sony chipset, Sony chips and TVs. Chips is probably true. Chips may be true, but the actual panels is LG is by Jeez. far. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, but they're using their Sony chips for color for the software for the software right. because they handle color. I feel the best, like black levels, everything. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about Clute. <laughs> Who wants to give a little bit of a story on Clute? Well, Clute's a very simple story. It is, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's very, extremely straightforward. Eric, do you want to take this one or should I do it? I can do it. It starts off essentially, um, I think it's Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And yes. you see um, people at a dinner table, and it's very kind Thanksgiving of. Thanksgiving dinner kind of thing. Thanksgiving, yeah. And very much the people there are. Um, just talking and they're kind of middle class, upper middle class and everyone's having dinner. And then it kind of immediately, you see people having the dinner. They're all more upscale. Um, and then it cuts and it goes to an empty chair because the husband and wife at the ends of both tables are essentially smiling and toasting to each other. People are there for dinner and they're coworkers. We find out then it cuts to a chair and you see Donald Sutherland, who was there earlier for the dinner scene, but he was wearing a jacket and tie. Now he identifies him. He's a cop, but he has a, a, a shirt on that makes him look like a policeman. And then there's two people there. One is an investigator visiting, and the other is a guy from work who was at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And co-worker. So, co-worker, yeah. And so they basically say, your husband's missing – and he possibly was sending these filthy letters to a woman in New York. So the wife didn't believe it, but she's strong. You could tell. She's like, I can handle this. Tell me what's going on. You find out that basically uh, Donald Sutherland is picked to go since he's like, I'm his well, they, best the friend. The investigation goes on for a long time and they don't find anything and they're getting frustrated. Yes. And right? so they hire his best friend who is Donald Sutherland. Right. And Sutherland goes and the only contact they have is a woman they investigated already or talked to pertaining to because she was getting the letters was uh, Jane Fonda's role as Brie. And she was a high end escort girl. And you see her world, which was basically going to casting um, calls and modeling shoots, modeling auditions, 
And that's basically how you kind of set up both worlds. And then she's trying to be an actress, but when she doesn't make enough money, she she's a call girl, right? I mean, she's a and she's a pretty girl. pricey oh, yeah, yeah. call girl, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Fifty so, bucks, I guess, is a lot of money, back right? Then. Yeah. In, the, in the time period, yeah. yeah. But so uh, and, and dip in any time, but you get the point. That's the setup. He goes then to uh, Donna Sutherland goes to New York to basically he's hired to go find out what happened to him and who did this. And then it kind of unveils. He stays at the bottom floor apartment of his name is Clute, his last name. And yeah. he goes from Bree, who is the prostitute on the fourth floor right. in kind of, I don't know where it is. It's like, like the upper West, not upper West side. It's probably me. She's no, it's like, it's Chelsea. Area. It's a, yeah, it's a dodgy because like, she says at one point, it's almost she's like, like it was old Chelsea or on the lower right. East side. Because like she says at one point, like if, you know, like I wouldn't be living in a dump like this if I were still just turning tricks all the time. I was making a shitload of money doing that. She used to until the yeah. cops came pertaining and, to this case. Right. Exactly. And she so, had a nice apartment on right. Park Avenue. Park Avenue. Uh, but since, since this case happened, she's, uh, she's had to stop doing this. However, you get more detail about her as a person and what she is actually wrestling with. Right. And, and her how profession. she feels about what this is. She's very good. This is she won an this Academy the, Award. Yeah, this yeah, is she did. my favorite Jane Fonda performance. In yeah, in a way, like this, casting Jane Fonda in this movie is perfect casting, flawless casting. Uh, I think that she's a good actor, but this is making use of her Jane Fonda ness as much as her skills. Yes, and realize this is pretty much around the time when she was crawling on tanks for in North Vietnam. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so she's so she uh, was already controversial. Besides yes. being the daughter of a famous Henry actor, Fonda, yeah, and yeah. who's uh, who is the sort of like ideal of uh, great Americana, you know, earnest, truthful, you know, old America stuff. And then she spends most of her life doing the exact political opposite of what her father represented. Yeah, um, and whether to get him angry or not, mm -hmm. um, complex they, relationship. Complex, but then mm -hmm. you know, on Golden Pond, kind of, yeah, they heal it up a bit, heal it up, yeah, another good movie. But so he's investigating, and Clute starts to unravel, peel back where this is coming from and how this is happening. Right. But at the same time, he's starting to develop a relationship with Bree, mm -hmm. and it starts to peel back. I mean, Dan's right; it is a simpler story, <clears throat> and an it is shot story. so yeah, and tight. And there's some really crafty shots, man. It sounds so dorky. Oh, good. Yeah, like when the guy's walking the street and then the yellow truck goes by and he's gone. Yeah. Oh, it's terrific. Good stuff. This is, this is, and it's, and it's also Gordon Willis oh. and his. I was going to point out. What? The guy that was looking at his portfolio. Uh huh. Yeah. And, he, and then but he starts gets a up, shot like this. Yeah. Yeah. And he's looking <laughs> at her portfolio and he's like, well, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's the guy. From the Robin Williams, Terry Gilliam film, The Fisher King, who was the red-haired guy that dressed as a woman. It <laughs> may be true, yeah. I think that's true. the that's same. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. I think it's that's the good. same actor. Yeah. yeah. I, I watched them right. and I was like, because I, I definitely recognize him for studied something. in New yeah. York and theater design. So all my professors so were like Stallone that. Sylvester Stallone is in this movie. 
Yes, as briefly an extra? for a shot. Yeah, as an extra, yeah. One shot. He's in, yeah, he an extra yeah. in one of the club scenes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when she goes to, back to Roy Scheider. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Roy Scheider. Scheider. Yeah. Shy, the shines. Because <laughs> so uh, he plays so a pimp, which is just yeah. so out of character for Roy Scheider. It, well, this is one of my two. actually works for a high end. Oh, it's great. It's great. The only thing I didn't buy for it was that he's got a smack habit. He's like he's this is pre Jaws Roy Scheider, which is to yeah. say it's Roy Scheider. Like like it's like Roy Scheider is Roy Scheider, whatever yeah. you put him in, right? But it's like post uh what do you call it, French connection, uh and pre Jaws. And so he's still in character actor land, mm-hmm. right? And so this is a totally appropriate film for him to be in. But he's very close to his Jaws days. So when he shows up, you're just like what the fuck is Brody doing here? This is really weird. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's like, it's such a strange surprise. But yeah, he's, he just, is who he is because he's yeah. so distinct. He was and yeah. his voice and everything. Roman and he knows, does, yeah, he does fill yes. the room, man. He's like oh, yeah, Bronson, yeah. but more elegant, but yes. he fills the room uh, with his character, you know, and that yeah. was the thing about him. And, and I thought he's got a, he's got a guy. I think he's great, yeah. but he, I just find he, he, the fact that they're like, oh, you have a smack habit is what Donald Sutherland said. It's like, no, that's not a guy. He doesn't look like a guy. No. Who, right. Yeah. You know, to run that high-end agency, you got to be on him. I'm telling you, you got to deal with right. the bankroll. You have to deal with the accountants. Sure. You have to make sure the girls complex, show up at time. Yeah, right. I'm not saying I know from practice, but it's I'm saying not, you really – Not any longer anyway. That's not any stuff. longer. Yeah. But yeah. yes, it's definitely um, – it's definitely that was the only thing, but the club scene stuff was great, dude. All oh, that dude, stuff like, was well, so this New York. Like, this the is club like had these great the great wonder when she goes over to him. Which she, uh, it's my oh, favorite my gag. God. That's my and favorite it, gag in the whole movie. That's it. That's yeah. just incredible. Actually, no, my second favorite gag. I'll save my favorite gag for later. It's, but like, first of all, she is that's her best I, performance in the part of the, in any part of the movie. Performance is amazing. Yeah. The other one I love is when she realizes she's falling in love with him at the at the at the the. The fruit stand, yeah, like which is right terrific. Here. Like it's right which is an incredible scene. Incredible yeah. scene. No, it's basically Central Park where the yeah. little zoo is. Yeah, and yeah. so like the 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 thrust of the movie is like I mean it's very very simple in terms of like there is an evil killer um, and Donald Sutherland uh, is trying to find him. Goes meets and he has her. to go down the line to find all right. These people. And so like he meets her and they sort of become partners in investigation. You know they sort of you know Nancy Drew Hardy boys it up. And then they go and are trying to figure out, they're like step-by-step step trying to figure out who the killer is. But the movie tells you who the killer is. Less so early. Than, so yeah. like, so like more than, uh, like less than That's 20 right. minutes and in just goes, it's this guy anyway. And you're like, one of the friends oh. from the original opening scene right. to the left, there was a guy by the window who worked with him and his friends. That is the guy. He has a very distinctive chubby face. He has a very distinctive look right. and you see it's him. Yep. And like they just outright tell you, which makes it into, which is what makes the movie fascinating because that Fonda and uh, Sutherland, it, they're, the plot that they're experiencing is a murder mystery plot. But because you know who the murderer is, there is no interest in it being a murder mystery. And there's not a lot of details. No, to it's a love story. Yes. It is, yeah, it is. A, it is a love a, story. But the thing about it, I'm sorry. The thing yeah. about it, too, is the underlying thing that he likes to do, Pakulari did. Mm-hmm. Was that underlying? Uh, it's right there. You don't realize it, or you're completely um, oblivious to it. Like mm-hmm. Warren Beatty was oblivious. He just was cocksure. I can get through yeah. anything. I'm so yeah, handsome right. and smart, and yet he 
was set up and you didn't see it. Yeah, and exactly. For right. them, it's right there. It's the guy that hired it's the Sutherland. Guy. But you miss <laughs> exactly. it because these all these other layers of right and wrong. Right. And right. and um life. Right. And so like the movie really is an investigation of Jane Fonda's character. Like that's and because they because he solves the crime for you by showing you who the killer is, you actually get to pay attention to what you're supposed to pay attention to, which is her. Like, yeah. it's essentially like you are through the lens of Donald Sutherland. You are coming to understand this extremely complex character uh, of Brie Daniel slash S <laughs> like, yes. and like, and, and it, it is the most it, like casting Fonda. And, and first of all, I just want to like, end my comment on Gordon Willis is like, this is the most experimental he is in any of his mainstream films. In terms like, of the way it, he lights it, things? In terms of the way he lights things, in terms of the way it he shoots things. so... It's like, you wild. can tell, like, how far is he going to go with this? It's fucking crazy. Like, you know, and when, my, she's, when, she, when she's sitting at her house and smoking a joint and he's yeah. just lighting candles, it's yeah. like, wait, she's turning off the light and turning on a candle. Like, he's got to be on purpose that he does yes. this. Yeah, you and know? it's like it's so like it feels like the set is painted black. But it yeah. seemed yeah, like it was all a, practical for that. Yeah, her apartment yeah. was a practical space. Yeah, it's a, her, her. No, her apartment is actually on a stage. It's, it's a stage, yeah. but, but she lives. It was good, but, but yeah. she lived there on the, the stage, yeah. <laughs> and they made an stage, actual yeah. functional toilet for her to use while <laughs> yeah, she's there. And she decorated it herself. So the part, like part of the thing that she did. She spent a lot of time with call girls to try to. Sort yeah, of learn it's a that very Michael Mann experience that she had. Really, yeah. <laughs> just like but she just... did that for another film that she did um, later on. I think with her daughter. She Maybe did, so. Yeah. So she's part of the whole Lee Strasberg uh, yes. method yeah. thing, and then she met someone through Lee Strasberg's thing, where um, oh, what was it? Lee Strasberg, for anyone who's listening, is uh, one of the great acting teachers of all time. But you most know him for being the villain in Godfather Two, right? Yep. Uh, but uh, but she apparently uh, learned a lot of stuff from one of the other people who was part of Lee Strasberg, who apparently was also kind of like a call girl to sure to JFK, JFK. yeah, yeah, to JFK. <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and that, that's I think I read the same thing. It like had like a photo, a signed photo from JFK in the apartment. In the apartment, yes. Yeah, that's really funny. Like uh, like and so like yeah, like it's like, it's all the best these... you have the best ass. <laughs> yeah, John. exactly. So, Jay. Like the <laughs> like this movie is right, so that is so by the way um what's it called the in-laws where he's like sorry, <laughs> at least we tried. <laughs> so good. He's talking about I don't the think that's pigs. normal. <laughs> yeah. wait a you minute. know what this movie reminded wait, me wait, of a little no. bit? Uh, the Day Trippers. The Bay of Pigs? Oh, the Day Trippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. Oh, my husband's missing and cheating yep. on me or something, and we're going to go into town to find out what's going on. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, day tri- the Day Trippers is to this as Fletch is to Parallax View. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the connection of, that I've always had with Stanley Kubrick and uh, between Full Metal Jacket and Stripes. <laughs> it's like that's the same fucking movie <laughs> it's exactly the same movie but uh but yeah like this movie what's wonderful about this movie is that like and spies set- like us and falcon and the snowman yeah spies exactly. like us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the doctor, uh doctor doctor, doctor. wow the, the, doctor you are this movie, this movie is so 
so richly layered and detailed and all like all of its little details in the sets and the photography and the performance and the character. And the movie is all about taking the time for the audience to realize these things and see all these little incredible details because like there isn't really, there's not a mystery to solve you. The mystery is solved for you. And there's not really a plot because they're not giving you any Uh, of the, there's a journey to go through. There's a journey, right? There's like, there's enough of a, uh, there are, there's enough of plot beats to hang their journey on. So you feel like it's progressing, but really it's a, and it's, and like, it's not even a love story in terms of like watching them fall in love, him, her and uh, Sutherland fall in love. It's really Jane Fonda, uh, learning to trust in Donald Sutherland at all. Like it's like going from, I don't trust anything. And I put up a false face over everything. Oh, I love having control over everyone. Yes, exactly. And I think that this is one of the most, this is what makes it such a fascinating movie and why Jane Fonda is so perfect for this is because Jane Fonda, though I think she's a great actor, like has never ever exposed who Jane Fonda truly is ever, not ever. All of everything she ever says in every frame of film I've ever seen her in is all completely intellectual, completely posed and absolutely frontal girl. Yes. From a, 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 a very important a family. famous actor. Yeah. Yes. And so everything she says is very, as hyper articulated, very like every, it's everything, every single thing is crafted to sound maximally intelligent in the moment. So you can't misjudge her at all, all the time about her emotions, about her political feelings, about everything always. And I, I know people like this. And the one thing that they don't do is ever let you in at all. Like they'll tell you everything about themselves in the most minute detail ever. And they'll think that's being open. And meanwhile, they're just hiding themselves from you with more and more details and facts. And so this seems to be for Pakula. It was like, can we fucking crack Jane Fonda's brain open and see if there's a person inside, you know, and the movie very comes extraordinarily close to making me believe there is. It was uh, interesting too because apparently they had originally cast the psychiatrist as a man. Uh yeah, oh no, yeah. Okay. And so yes. she uh two things that Fonda insisted. One is that it'd be a woman because she doesn't think she would open up about her sexuality that way right. to a man. To right? some dude, yeah. Right. Makes and sense. then two she wanted to film all the psychiatry things at the end after she had been this woman the longest so she could think – like uh, talk to her more openly about it. Yes. And right. they improved all of the lines. I'm the sure. So yeah, I'm it's, sure. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Like her- and honestly, she was out of focus, the psychiatrist. Yeah, that's also true. If but you yeah, look like, at some of the yeah, shots, right. they're completely soft. Like a little, yes. a little, yes. But like the, because it's so fucking dark. <laughs> you can't tell. Um, but, uh, but the things with like, I love, I love the, the therapy shots and the therapy scenes and all this stuff. And, and especially like, should they do these long languorous scenes where you see her interacting with John's, like the Russian, the old Russian guy or whatever it is when she does the whole weird, storytelling performance oh i thought it was beautiful it's incredible it's incredible and like she's perfect for this because well she because yeah. she is false this adds the layer of 
uh, Brie Daniels-ness. But it's, it's, it's about Jane Fonda. It's about Jane Fonda. It's yeah, about no, no, Jane so, Fonda yes. and acting. That's what this yes, movie is, is all it about. Is, it is. Just to give people context, right? So yes. we notice, you know, she, she, we see her with a normal John and how yeah. she normally acts. So that's like, okay, this is it's the theater. baseline. She's of, just acting. Yeah. And yeah. it has her just acting, right? And, uh, and then we see her with uh, this old guy who is apparently a regular, right? And he works mm-hmm. at a garment district or like, a, you know, and he works there and he's probably 70 something years old. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, she shows up there. He's all, he's at the factory, but he's the only one there and he's serving mm-hmm. some, you know, little bit of cognac or something. And, uh, she shows up looking very glamorous. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and she says, I just got back from Khan. <laughs> yeah. So interesting right? things happened to me. There. Interesting like things happened there. So right. the whole her, she's inventing this whole life. Yes. For him. Yeah. And he's buying it. Like, tell me what happened at Khan. Oh, there's this very man. You know, there's a man. He looked a lot like you. He was very strange. And I knew immediately how much. And it goes into this whole story while she's slowly undressing in front of right. him. It's the longest striptease of all time. Right. And it's totally dark, so you can't see anything. You can't see anything, right? <laughs> right? And 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 but uh, Donald Sutherland witnesses this or figures it out, right? And he says, uh, "You were at this guy's house." He says, "Oh my God, leave him alone. He's seventy right. years old. Right. His wife died. He's never taken a vacation in his life." All I, ha- all he has is me and he doesn't even touch me. <laughs> yes. And yeah, that's the sort of the thing, right? She's been, she's idol, she's an idol that everyone's looking up to, but also the, li- the, the line, oh yes, like the line she says that's the most true in the entire movie for her and for everybody. Like, like this movie means, I think this movie is made not for the seventies. It's made for right this fucking second. Because this movie, I couldn't stop thinking about the problem of people's personalities on social media. Like, this is a weird version of Blonde, this movie. Hmm. And that, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, that, that it's this performance, like, you're seeing, like, layer after layer and layer after layer of performance in this thing. Uh, And trying to uncover that performance leads to another performance. Right. Like when she sleeps with Sutherland, like she comes down and she's like, she's like, I just can't, I just don't want to be alone. I just don't want to be alone. And, you know, and then kind of it's a here. conquest because it's she leaves a right after conquest. The... Right. And yeah. then she, yeah. and she does it just to, she fuck fucks him and then goes like, see, yeah. you're, I can get to you too. So fuck you. Like yeah. it's, yeah. it's to push him away because she's, because she really cares about him. So she's like, I'm going to fuck him and get him out of my life. Right. But right. it's but also power. It's power. That's how she thinks that she can be safe. Right. And the line that she says that is as true for, uh, everyone in the movie, as I believe it is true for everybody who puts on fake bullshit on social media, is like she says to her therapist, and it's just in uh, uh, it. The line is laid over on top of other visuals, so you don't see her at all when she says it. She says, "I just want to be faceless and bodiless, bodiless. and for and for uh, to be left alone." And I was just like, "That's the fucking movie. That is who she is, and the way she, she does invented this." Facebook. It's, it is it's just like all of this Instagram. stuff <laughs> all of this it. shit all of this performance all of this decoration all this makeup all this bullshit all these stories is to hide everything is to hide i just Sex want to, to send a telegram but fast instantly <laughs> just once i'd like to have a hot dog like that's not cold 
<laughs> yeah, like this, like that's what that's that's what she is. She's like the real person only wants to not experience anything she's experiencing in, in the slightest. Well, she's perfect for it because she's distant and rich yes. and right, super smart. And, which, when she, the, and the thing I when we when we first picked this movie, I was like, "There's a line in here you're never going to forget for the rest of your life, Chris." And it's when she's gone, "Oh, angel," and checks her fucking watch. Yeah, it's yeah. like. That's it. You don't need anything else. That's the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> Clute. The end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John's banging away, and then she's like, oh, angel, my angel. Four o'clock. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if I can get this done. Yeah. Like, it's extraordinary. And so, like, the, the one time you see her as herself, really, uh, is in... Okay, so this is a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of my favorites in this line, so I'll try to restrict it to just the movie. My favorite shot in the movie, my prefer- favorite performance in the movie, and one of the scariest fucking sequences I've ever seen in my life. The music is really good too. When she is listening to the audio tape of the woman who is murdered, mm-hmm. it's one of the most and daring, then, yeah, terrifying fucking scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's only on her. In this shot that's so goddamn dark, you're like, can I see her face at all? No, it's you do. Barely you there. Do. Barely there. But barely you there. Do you do. see? Is you do see her crying, and, and you, you see, yeah, see the she's, tears. She's almost totally still, and the tears are beating up on her eyeballs and falling and off. Coming snots out, coming out of her she, nose. Snots coming snot out, of her, out nose, of her nose, which is which is genuine because like you, yeah, you don't absolutely. cry to the point where snot. They have drips little out of your exploding nose. bags for your nose. Yeah, probably a little exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a squib up your nose. And she's like, squib, just, your nose just your nose They repack it wrong. Nose goes because like this. The whole thing is the murderer records everything, which is awesome because they give it away in the opening shot because the murderer's fucking record is the, the opening shot is of the murderer's recorder which is on the table at the dinner in the opening scene like yes. there it is um but the murderer records all his dialogues with all the, the women that he uh, abuses right and you've only heard her like you've heard her recordings the whole time and then he plays for her the recording of when he killed this woman and the dialogue that happens uh prior to the murder and everything the woman is saying and ev- the entire uh, dialogue they have. Everything the woman is saying sounds exactly like Jane Fonda answering the same questions in the same terrified, defensive. I maybe I can sneak out of this way, right? And then it suddenly just turns to her screaming. It's it's one of the most bone chilling things that I've ever seen in a movie. I know. Like you know what it reminded me of? What's that? Fletch. Uh, no. <laughs> Grizzly man. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's like, hey, if you heard the recording in Grizzly Man, this is what it is. Yeah. By yeah, the way, what's your name from, um, not Carol O'Connor, but, uh, oh, Gene the white Stapleton. Feet there. Yeah, Gene, Gene Stapleton. Gene Stapleton. Oh, yeah. Gene Stapleton was She's so good in this. Was, 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 she was perfect. She was another great imitation. You are on tonight. Home runs all day. Nothing but bangers. Dan's run. Nothing but bangers. That's right. He does. He does impressions of characters you can't even remember the actors' names. <laughs> oh, the woman from So and So in that show. That one. Yes, absolutely. Gene Stapleton. Thank you. I'm on step on my door. <laughs> That's fantastic. Maybe it happened. Yep. Yep. But yeah, this this movie is uh, it's it's continuously not what you expect, and the editorial is so bizarre, and it gives so much room to the, the characters exploring who they are. 
the music is fantastic. Now, and it was also risky. It's John Littleton or something. What was his name? Snow, Snow. I don't forgot his name. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's, he brings on, it's like, okay, this is the creepy part. It's just a normal shot, but you add the music on top. It's like, and you're like, oh, oh don't feel comfortable. I need something an adult. Is bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Something is bad. Something's yeah. bad. Something is bad. <laughs> and then, and then, but also the, 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 uh, the club and bar scenes are mm. just. Talk about that club shot. Talk about that club shot. That club shot was great. The outfits were fucking amazing. outstanding. There's two of them. And, and there's the two, there's two big club shots. One, where they just keep panning and panning and panning across mm-hmm. people. Which is great. Which is great. Which is really good. This yeah. is when they first go to the club to try to find one of the girls. Yes, right. They, they're pretty, just to give it, they, she is one of the girls, but she, uh, she did have an involvement with this guy, but she doesn't remember him at all. Right. That's the big thing, right? And so the cops sort of left her at that, and they just didn't know it's like. But she says, "Well, where did you meet the guy? How did you get in touch with him?" I got in touch with him through my pimp. We figured mm-hmm. out pimp, right? Well, her boyfriend, but turns out it's her pimp, right? And it's Roy Scheider. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but then he said, he tells the uh, Clute, "I didn't get the name from the guy. I got it from this other girl who hated her, and she hated him." She, yeah. uh, she, so she said he likes to beat up people. So I gave it to her so that he could beat her up because she was wanted vengeance on her. Right. 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 And it's like, oh, but it shows how naive she is because she didn't realize it. She didn't realize yeah. it. Right. Right. And then we find out who that girl is. No, that girl is died. She committed yep. suicide. But then there was right. another girl as well. And she's a junkie. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they're trying to find the junkie. <laughs> Where did the junkie go? Because junkies are hard to find because they're all over the place. And so they go to the club to meet this girl. Junkie club. In Jun- it's called junkies. Jun- but they, the, <laughs> Welcome there are to people JC just sitting dancing. Club. It, there's, the music is just Drinks very – This is 71, right? 71 came out, right? Mm-hmm. 71. Yeah, yeah, 71. Yeah. Yeah. So they shot in 70. So yep. it's very sort of right between like you know rock and roll and disco kind of starting, you know. Like it had this bell bottom feel to it. Yeah, that was it's just, pretty great. Yeah, it's and the great. lighting was cool, and it just I don't I don't even remember if it was slow mo, but it looks like it yeah. was slow mo. Yeah, it's really know? good, and it's not. I don't think it is slow mo, but it feels slow mo, yeah. right? No, yeah. uh, and it just had this awesome lighting to it, and you're just panning across, meeting these. As you're doing it, you're sort of being introduced to different pairs of people, to mm-hmm. women, to men. Yep, people hanging out. The layering things. of good people with good slacks. Yes. Oh man, so many, so that, many slacks. So that was one of the towns we're that's in. That's the second best one because right. there's another one that is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the other one is Jane Fonda gets out of the car, like it's just fucking gets out of the moving car with Donald Sutherland. Yeah, she's angry like, at him. Right. Like she's like fuck this, and because like her big struggle essentially is like once she starts to trust anyone. She pushes them away immediately and right. goes back to the 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 falseness of her own life, so she can hide. Right. So um, basically, she's saying, "I am not going to try to keep succeeding because I'll be end up ending with this guy." So right. the only way I know how to get away from this guy is to go back to Roy Scheider. You go back to Roy Scheider and, and do the, drugs. And, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when she goes into when she enters Roy Scheider's club, and you're tra- you're uh, you're tracking back with her through the, the club, Scheider Dome. 
The Shider Dome. <laughs> Welcome Shider. to the Shider Dome. I got the power. Uh, <laughs> one man, two man enter, one man leaves. The uh, but you you track back with her, Dolly back with her as she is going through the club, and she is obviously like broken and sad and scared and depressed and hating herself. You can see all these emotions on her face throughout the whole one one or shot and she is trying to keep on putting on this happy like let's fuck face right and like she goes after the preppy guy can you believe that the guy with the best like the war war in her facial features is the is a movie in itself it's so good so so she comes in and she looks at this guy and she's like hey smiles at him and he's like hey and then she looks away like ugh. Yeah. Okay, just sorry. Back to smiling at you. Hey, yeah, back to smiling. Here, <laughs> yes, let's go. Let's go. I let's go. And she's, got, and she's got all this, like you know, she's uh, big bags under her eyes, and she's, yeah, you know, it, it is fucking and then heartbreaking. Then she, she walks up. She sees four guys sitting at the table, and she's like, "Hey!" And then she's like, "Sits there," and she just slowly just sits in one guy's lap. And the yeah. guy's like, hey. And then she just starts making out with him hard. The other guys yeah. are like going, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. my Tommy. That's my Tommy. Look yeah. at that. And, so, and then she she gets up and he's like, let's go dancing. And then she immediately ditches him to go f- meet this other girl. Yeah. And it's yeah. like the guy's like, oh, screw this. And, and this is all in one take. It's yeah. amazing. And, like, and you can see her face just changing from – like uh, emotion to, just like, like she's like either fake version of her smiling or actual version of her wanting basically to kill herself right got back and forth back and forth and back and forth until it lands on her and roy scheider, roy scheider. and then roy yeah. scheider's there looking like uh uh al pacino uh, and scarface al pacino yeah. and scarface yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah fucking, like, this is how it's cool. this is him behind me like like that no pacino, <laughs> and, pacino so in um but look he's even yeah. got a scar on his face yeah yeah <laughs> it is right. Right. Like, <laughs> Do you think that they, when they looked at Scarface, they thought maybe we'll look, make him it's, be it's like the Roy same, Scheider? man. It's the same. I'm sure they're like that. That, that whole look, scene. Look at, his, look at this behind me. I mean, he's even got the the scar. Right. Yeah, like, that right. looks like Giorgio Moroder is playing on top. Yeah, of it. that's like that is 100 percent Scarface for sure. I think I think he's you're got right. a scar on his saw, face. <laughs> yeah, he's got a scar on his face. De Palma saw this and is like, I can make this movie. We could do this. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. But it's I it's phenomenal. And the performance is great. The shot yeah. is great. Like and this movie is just jam-packed with this shit all over the place. Who is the girl in Scarface? Oh, it's uh, Oh, it's Pfeiffer, uh, right? Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. Pfeiffer. Right. Yeah. So it's like Pfeiffer, Stunningly like she, beautiful Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. Yeah. So she she goes and sits next to him and he's like almost pushes her away like don't you fucking betray me, bitch, you know. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. And then at the same time, then she's, he, he kind of lets her be there because he sees Donald Sutherland who's looking at her and he's looking at Donald Sutherland, essentially saying, she's mine. Yeah. Right. Fuck exactly. You. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so like the, the, I would say like there's, uh, when you're watching this film, the one, uh, I, w- I would say the one flaw you might think is happening is you're not getting very much detail about Donald Sutherland as a character. Well, right? yes. His background. Right? Like you get to know almost nothing he about him. He could be him. married for all. <laughs> That's exactly. the thing. Yeah. And this is the, but this is the greatness of the movie is because it actually sort of literally holds its punch until very close to the end. Because like he, um, is, emo- he's being honest and emoting all the time without saying anything. Like he's actually very straightforward all the time about he's how he feels better. sensible. Right. And, uh, so he's, he's the opposite of Fonda. It's like, what you see is what you get with this guy. Um, and oh, he only says what's he, what he only says what he needs to. 
Yeah, like this is like he's dealing with what's immediately in front of him, and this is it. Like this is what he's doing. But he right? doesn't he, show emotion that it's also his best friend because he was that guy's best friend. Yes, exactly. Tom. And so, so he like, doesn't show any emotion about that. He's or, kind of a cipher for most yeah, of the movie. Right? And then you don't realize he's married or not because he's he pushes her off in the beginning, Bree. Yes, thinking that oh, I'm married. I don't want to do this. This is work, uh, pleasure. This is work, and it's my best friend. You don't get any of that. Right, like the the two like there's two moments where you see his character revealed. One is when he uh, agrees to sleep with her, like when she hit like rolls over and off the one bed and onto his bed, and he goes for it. And you see like after after she's like, "See, I fucked you for fun," blah blah blah, and leaves. And you see like you see how he feels about that, but immediately he gets back to business. He's like, "I'm not gonna like let that ruin my life. It sucks, but I'm not gonna let it ruin my life." Uh, but then in the end, when uh, she's like, uh, I can't go back to my place. I can't stay there. So I'm just going to stay at Roy Scheider's girlfriend's place and it's just going to be fine. And he's like, please don't do that. Right. Please don't do this. Right. And Roy Scheider gives this little speech, which is like, Hey, no, you, she respects you. I respect you. And you got to respect her. And Sutherland plows his fucking face in out of the blue. And you just go, whoa, that's who that is. Like, he actually, he reveals all of his cards at once. He's yeah. like, I actually fucking love you, you dickhead. <laughs> like, this is how I feel about you. Yep. Right? And all of the violence that that has been, men, like, men, uh, violent men have been the background story of this movie the entire time. And then suddenly, the the one bit of violence that you actually see perpetrated in the film by a man is Sutherland right. because of how he actually feels about Jane Fonda. Like everything else is implied. There's no murders in the movie. Like there's an, a recording of a murder, but even the killer doesn't do like, and, and any killing. graphic stuff, there's a dead body today. There's a dead too. body pictures yep. and it's all the rest. Is pictures, just pictures. Yeah. The rest oh, is all those pictures of all those women. Yeah. Like, no, oh like, there's right. violence. Violence pictures. towards women looms incredibly large in this movie. Very but you see how he uses for those moments. Like in, it's like a blow up. He uses the images to, as, to push. Yeah. It. And push you know it. who, you know, who steals this very, very well is David Fincher in seven. Like yeah. there is only one scene of violence in seven and that's from brad pitt at the end like you don't see any of the rest of it happen at all everything else is in your brain you know and i know that fincher loves clute you know he loves uh 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 pakula in general um but that's where he that's where he gets this from it's just like the the movie's gonna happen in people's minds it's not gonna fucking like you're not helping by showing this stuff. Know why you're showing things. This also did. Did you guys ever watch Tightrope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Tightrope. Tightrope was great. With, yeah, with Clint, Eastwood. Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. This has a lot of Clint Eastwood Tightrope in it as well. I yeah. mean, it's not the same movie. Obviously, much this is a much better film. But right. but still, there was like a little bit of that. You know dealing with prostitutes and a cop yeah. and, and the, the, this 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 strangeness this, and the this falling in love with. People right, like this, were, this intense yeah. sort of sexual pressure is happening through the entire film, right. and it's all being constantly intellectualized. Like, right. uh, like it's either intellectualized as crime or it's intellectualized literally by yeah, her but talking all the about sex it. Too was like, the, it wasn't the sex was more implied because you only saw just yes. tight shots, and then yeah. when they talk about sex with when she talks about sex with one of the Johns. 
he whispers in her ear what he wants to do to her. He doesn't right. tell her. He doesn't say it. Exactly. Same, same thing. Exactly right. Exactly oh, right. And that's, that's like don't show the monster, right? Cause it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, right. It's, exactly. Cause it's, it's, it's a little bit like, I don't know what the hell he just said, but it sounded, maybe it's I'm way crazy. You know, it's pretty yeah. crazy. Right? Yeah. And, like and the, it was tight in that place because yeah. that's the other thing is don't show the motel room. You yeah, always have right. to go tight. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. Like it's like the thing is like people misinterpret the don't show the monster thing all the time because they're like, so it's bad to show the monster is what people learn from that, which is not true because like if you watch the thing, it's good to show the monster. Like, sure. But it's know what the monster is and what you are showing. Like, like the reason why that like the actual monster of the thing isn't the gross creature. It's the fact that you can't fucking trust anybody. Right. Like, that that's the actual monster. You don't know where it is, but that's right. the success of Alien. But that's Alien. Like it's like it's like know know what the monster is is what that really says. And in this, like the, the there's this absolute there's this constant constant talking about sex, photographs, and murders, and it's whispered like, and whisp- it's just like like the tension is extraordinarily high for the audience even during the slowest scenes because of all this unspoken or actually un felt material like a lot of it's spoken but nothing is felt and so when things are actually felt it's really profound you know when uh when he flips out and decks roy schreider i was like whoa yeah definitely like that guy needs a sock in the fucking jaw you know and you really feel the urgency of that or like when she later has sex with sutherland and it's the exact same shot as the check the watch shot mm-hmm only she, she doesn't is, check a watch. <laughs> she is fucking totally into it. Right. She's yeah. like, this is, and, and again, she also just, explains to her therapist that she doesn't understand how that can be. She goes, yes. I guess you can understand. Right. But I can't right. because, because I always use sex to have power over men. Right. And because now he, it's a mutual thing right. that I don't understand. The, the, the unbelievable emotional freedom of trusting someone is something that I don't think that many people in real life feel at all. And that's what it, this uh, is about. Uh, look. Yeah. Or I actually, I don't believe you. I don't trust you on that one, but yes, go on. <laughs> I don't trust <laughs> you on this, Dan. <laughs> uh, but there is something else. Uh, there was uh, the, the, the one where, you know, where she is basically um, with him and they're starting and she's starting to realize that she's falling in love with him and they're buying fruit. Right. Yeah, like she steals an apple mm-hmm. and puts it yeah. in her bag. Yeah, yeah. And he witnesses <laughs> it, and he says, "What? What's in your bag?" They don't really go through it, yeah. but she yeah. sort of has this thing where she basically looks at him, like you know, uh, and says, "Well," and she just has a smile on her face of like, "I, I don't understand these emotions," and she holds on yeah. to his jacket, and she's she's just uncomfortably happy <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and and again that's that's a scene about trust like right. and he makes it into it's not just isn't it fun that they're having fun together he makes mm-hmm. it into a scene about trust again right and like this is the thing it's just like that's why i mean it's like this is a very uh this is a more this is equally important now as a movie uh if not more so because i think that everyone suffers from exactly uh brie daniel's problem well, the thing that was interesting is at the when she won the Oscars and she said talk backstage, she's the, one of the things that she said was like, I think my only problem with the movie is that it seems to imply that all you need to have to be okay 
is a good man and a good therapist. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I heard that, that too, right? That's not – and she's right. It's like I think I a think lot of – there's – there's that's a, a lot very, of like desperate, you know, little pretty woman like prostitute needs to be saved by someone. That, right? Yeah, that, but the thing, the thing is that is like that is I, I totally yeah because I, I read that same thing and I was just like that sounds exactly like something that Brie Daniel would say. Like that's a very sharp, seemingly so true observation that they isn't true about this movie. Yeah, but yeah. They like basically wrote the role for her. Yeah, like this that is that is that like contextually like if you alter what the movie means then yes that's true you could like then plenty of other movies that are set up identically to this that's exact she's exactly right and she's using that as a defense mechanism to throw away the power of the movie like i mean like the movie is not about just like well what you need is a good man like the movie like Donald Sutherland is is not is not represented as just like well it's good that I'm a man in your life like she's the powerful fucking active character the entire goddamn time like he's just sort of moping around right like it's just that she doesn't can't trust anybody and then she trusts him which is what you want to do in your life and I having just re- started dating in real life after yeah this. I mean like it's like she <laughs> and Sutherland yeah yeah yeah. I mean, like they, were, they, were, like they went, they were each other's dates for the Oscars. Yeah. Like this, like she, like she's, she's terrific in this movie, but it's, it's wild to me that she, I, I either what this movie was really doing, you know, with, uh, with her meaning interactively with her, uh, what Pakula was really doing was terrifying to her and she wanted to disassociate herself or, she read, you know, she's like, well, the public perception of this is this, and it seems to be against who I am. So I will just change that and say something else. Like if she actually felt that way, she wouldn't have fucking made the movie. Like the movie must, must have meant something else to her. Otherwise she wouldn't have improved all the fucking right. shit with the therapist. Right. You know? So like, I think that that's, that's the thing. I think, I think that is, I don't think, cause I don't think that any of that stuff has to do with, um, men no, or women or anything. I think it has to do I with agree, actually but just we, we has to, It has to be discussed, right? Because this, there is a problem with. Oh, sure. Know, with other movies. Prostitute, yes. prostitute yeah, woman okay. gets Great. saved by man, moves yeah. to the country heavily ever after. Yeah. Like, well, there's a, like, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a problem with, you know, most save the princess movies, but we're sure. talking about Star Wars. So, like, I don't know why we have to, like, when it's obviously not true in Star Wars, I don't think we have to apply the criticism to it when it's the opposite. I have. Like I the, did. I know. did see a really hilarious video. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, with Carrie Fisher, which does apply to this movie. Apparently, mm-hmm. she was, you know, dressing up for Princess Leia and doing all of her thing, and George Lucas came up to her and was like, "Nope, you can't wear a bra. There is no underwear in space. Yeah, there's no sexuality in, <laughs> in, in this no movie. No underwear in space. And, not so she, and then while they're saying this video, they're just showing videos of Carrie Fisher walking around clearly without a bra." Right, uh, right. Through most of Star Wars. And then I was looking at this movie. It's like, this movie also must have been a space movie because <laughs> there was yeah, no right. bras in this film. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like her, her boobs are actually very heavily typed down through most of that movie. Like, so that, like she's like bound like the mummy through most of that film. Right. But like, that's, this is the thing. It's just like, you know, Star Wars, I think it's right to compliment Star Wars for having an inversion of the save the princess mythology because the, mo- sure. the moment that she is saved. Like, 
This, she's short like for a stormtrooper. Yeah, like she <laughs> instantly takes control of the movie. She's like, yeah, well, I'm a fucking, you know, I'm an actual political figure who runs wars. So thank you. But now get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> you know, like, uh, like that's that, like, and so like when people are like, well, it's a Save the Princess movie. I'm just like, yeah, okay. If you reduce it down to a fucking, you know, a fortune cookie line about what the plot is. Right. And that's what, that's what I feel like essentially Fonda did with her own fucking work which is bizarre like that show like that shows the like the turmoil in that you see on screen include is real for jane fonda like she is obviously wrestling with i need to manage my public perception constantly instead of i think it would have been interesting straightforward if they did a little bit more of a midnight cowboy ending to this film <laughs> <laughs> sure exactly right you know i mean huh. i mean like it could have been it could have been interesting if they done that as well so well like i think that like i i think this movie is, a, is or, or parallax for you someone just shows up and yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean like i think that because she also does another couple of movies with um at least at least one more with um pakula like she does uh comes a horseman which i love that's right right and and that's another one where she's like she, like that's the like that's a very improv based movie and she does fucking wonderful work in that movie you know and that's a love story you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's a very real feeling love story. So she has the chops, but I think that she's, she spent most of her life being very, very afraid of maintaining her image to the point where, you know, uh, she's not, she doesn't feel safe, you know, being herself in public. And uh. that's, and that's essentially the truth of this movie. And like, I think, like I said, I think it's the truth for fucking everybody right now all the time. And so, like, seeing a movie like Clute, I mean, like, uh, sure, remake Clute and have it, you know, like, have the Brie Daniel character be a guy, and it would be the same statement. It doesn't make, you're not making some, like, statement about how anyone's dependent on anyone else. It's about how we trap ourselves. And, uh, and I think that, you know, like, if you're going to spend the time making that movie, then you should support that movie. And I thought it was sort of bizarre that she that she thought something else was going on because I, she's saying the opposite thing through her actual performance. This has to be one of her best performances. Yeah. I mean, like my, my favorites from her, this probably the, probably my favorite, um, comes a horseman. Uh, they shoot horses, don't they? Where, where she's terrifically cast because she's so fucking angry all the time in that movie. And I think that's who she actually is. Yeah. I think she is ragingly angry internally through her entire life. And, uh, that's the one movie that really gives her permission to do that. Um, and I bet when she's fucking running around the fucking dance hall with, uh, dead red buttons on her back, like she's thinking about her dad. <laughs> like, I think that that's what's happening in that movie. Yeah. You know, it's strange, but true. <clears throat> you know, she went to the same high school as my sister. No shit. Yeah. But, uh, 10 years prior, but yeah, she lived in Connecticut where I grew yeah. up. My dad, my dad knew her too. Yeah. And she, but her mother, I think went to the insane asylum and, uh, I think her mother took her life. And so she had this kind of curious what her mother was like, but that's, uh, that's, and that history is what made, um, Peter Fonda cry in Mm -hmm. Easy Rider. Yep. So remember how he's in the, in the, um, in the, uh, graveyard yeah and he starts crying he's and, really feeling it yeah well you know why it's because they wanted him to cry 
And so Dennis right. Hop, Dennis Hopper said to him, hey, man, I need you crying, man. And he's just like, I can't, I'm trying. He's like, hey, man, all right, so start thinking about why your mom cop out the way she did, man. She just oh, gave up shit. easy. And he started yeah, crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was so angry at him for doing that yeah, to him. That's right. That's that's, that's so fucking, Dennis Hopper. That's yeah, why yeah, she that's cop shit. out, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like yeah, I, I'm going like, to use your your suicidal mom to inspire you. Yeah, I would not call that myself good directing. <laughs> I don't think but Dennis Hopper was necessarily a good director. Yeah, but, yeah. I like but Rider, it's very but effective. Still, yeah, was, but I, I have this feeling they were probably on the drugs as well. Oh, oh without yeah. doubt, they're, they're tripping balls time. in that sequence. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. Yeah, but yeah, like, like, the, like Charlie Sheen and Apocalypse Now. I mean, <laughs> Martin Sheen and Apocalypse Martin Sheen. Now. Yeah, shit, man. <laughs> Hammered out of his <laughs> fucking mind. Punching rolls. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know if that's super ethical, Francis, but good scene. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like I, I think that, like, because I mean, you look at Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda is like w- one of my favorite actors, and he's sort of like messed up in the same way Jane is, only in reverse. You know, like he's not the good, he's not really the good man that he is portraying constantly on screen. He's a much more complicated person. Well, but he this felt is, compelled this is similar. to give this very, very, very wholesome, you know, per, outside of, uh, I'm what's sorry, time I missed the who? Yeah, Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda. Yes. Yeah. But you I know. think there's a lot of similar similarities, believe it or not, between, you know, Peter, uh, Henry Fonda and Jane Fonda as mm-hmm. there is between Edgar Bergen and Candace Bergen. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because Edgar Bergen was like hardcore Republican pro-war yeah. Yeah. guy, right? right? And radio shows, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the, oh, what's it called when they go on the overseas? The, 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 uh, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, P- uh, yeah, the, uh, S. No, it? it's the, um, uh, they go on a, wa- um, gosh darn it. <laughs> well, we're all blanking on this. S- Bob S- Hope and the yes. And the yeah. ESCO, ESCO, um, <laughs> Oso, so Oso, something Oso, no, or someone, yeah. someone in chat, USO, 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 USO. USO, 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 yeah, but yeah, no, it's a yeah, yeah, it's a like it's a fast like I, really like fucking uh, Henry Fonda's clute is uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. <laughs> well, that's the one movie she hates. Dude, that's, that's the like, one movie Jane Fonda hates because oh her father God. was evil, and yeah. she hates that movie. It's a fucking incredible bastard in that movie, and uh, Grapes of Wrath is pretty good though. <laughs> oh, he's I mean he's amazing. I love Fonda. Twelve Angry Men. It's fucking uh, incredible. Yeah. But uh, for him to play a more complex character like he was in real life, I'm sure it was very upsetting for, you know, Jane and et cetera to see on the movie screen. Because that's where that's where their dad traditionally played this upright, you know, good all American guy uh, yep. who I don't think he ne- necessarily was all the time. No. You know, and like and that that messed, you know, Jane and and Peter up enough that they became famous in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, I love this movie, but the thing that stood out to me still, her performance was really good. Everything but mm-hmm. the thing to me, it's just Gordon Willis, man. No, he's the You just look at it. It's like yeah. this. So, and they don't, 
I hate to say it, they don't make it like they used to, right? No one fucking shoots. Like Netflix would yeah. ne- would throw all that shit out. Yeah. They wouldn't what do I, it. What I've been watching recently, and it's it's really not – it's so – I don't know why I'm watching it. It's it's very average. It's uh, Our Flag Means Death. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, yeah, that's pretty yeah. cute. I, I was telling you about that for the for the yeah. live action stuff because the the ocean it's scenes. All, it's all it's all virtual yeah. production. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. was telling you about that to to look at that. Or at I least did. I, I am looking. That's why I'm looking. But at I'm it. saying I didn't like the ocean shots. Remember no, I, was I saying, don't either. <laughs> you don't either. No, remember because I, I was like, God, is it me or did these the ocean stinks? It's yeah, and the lighting's not quite there. But if you look, the lighting's not the quite light- there. But there's something about perspective is something is off. Something's Maybe off, it's too yeah. high off. The water? I don't know. Yeah, because there all these shots are like this, and then you see ocean even higher. So it doesn't yeah, make like, what? it's a weird yeah, exactly. thing. Yeah, it is a weird thing. But also, I just like the lighting on it is just everything is just flat and soft, flat and soft, right? Yeah, and Gordon and Willis. That's is what like, it is. Yeah, it's the oh, literal opposite of Gordon Willis. Gordon <laughs> Willis is completely high contrast. You know, yeah. Yeah, but just, how would you do that? How would he do it today with virtual production? Oh, I well, first I, of all. Here's the other thing, right? There is now because of the way cameras work, where you can actually get huge amounts of stops of data, right? Mm-hmm. You the it's the same thing where people want to put like tone mapping on everything yeah. that allows you to. I argue about see this all everything. the goddamn time, like, right? They, like, here's I mean, like, like HDR. Yeah, like yeah, you, you want a you want a very usable curve, That's right. right? Is what they say, right? And the thing is, like, you can still like now. There are plenty of great photographers and great directors that do use this technique and then later really control the shots to be a great shot. However, most people use this to shoot like shit. Yes. (laughs) Well, there's a shot where she's being confronted by the guy and he's lecturing her about how he killed the guy. Right. Yes. And he's a, a silhouette. Like an cardboard cutout silhouette. Not only that, but his back Mm -hmm. pretty much covers, it's all black, Mm -hmm. covers three quarters of the screen. Yeah. Like there's three quarters of the screen is black. And then you see her like to the edge of the screen and she's just reacting to him. Right. And she's only like terrifying to see. It's only 20% of the screen. Yes. It's it's beautiful because she is pressed into a corner by this guy. Yeah. Because you can sense her being trapped. Right. Yeah. And And then you forget, you forget that it's his back that you're working. You're just sort of realizing it's all black. And then parallax moves Mm -hmm. to the, to the left. And then you realize, Oh, it's him. I forgot it was him the whole time. The, so the thing, like and and in Netflix would get I mean like like Netflix has put up a lot of actually quite beautiful movies like whenever yeah. they work with big directors I mean, like Roma etc cetera, etc cetera. Blonde and, uh, for for those who haven't seen The Killer incredible uh, Blonde I'm absolutely watch that tonight oh my god I've seen it three times it's a masterpiece I don't know if people are gonna like that movie you'll see why I like it but in any case that they know what good photography is but for everyone below that particular line they are very strict about their Netflix look right. And their Netflix oh, look is. Are you kidding me? Are they dictating how it looks? Of course, yeah. They they have very they have a very strict regimen, as far as I understand, Ugh. for like what people are allowed to shoot. And it's extremely like if you don't if you're not a great photographer and you're trying to work within those boundaries, you're you're going to be an even worse photographer. Like it yeah. is overlit. Uh, it's funny, hyper crisp, ugly. Stuff. I spoke to on my podcast i had uh someone named amy uh uh aniobi she's a writer mm-hmm. she writes for insecure and she also directs for insecure 
Uh, really good show if you haven't seen mm-hmm. Insecure. Have you seen Insecure, Daniel? I say yeah, no, uh, it's on HBO. That one, yeah, yes. or, or on Max, yeah, yeah. I've seen really one episode good. and it's very good. Very good. But she was basically saying it's like, yeah, Netflix kind of is like the Starbucks. It's not good. Yeah. But you know what you're going to get. Yeah, and they yeah. they want uniformity the <laughs> for their distribution. I understand where they're coming from. It makes sense. Right. It's Starbucks, but but it is the it is the like it, it maximizes the worst of mediocre photographers work and like you end up with these very shabby very soft it's doing uh, so well too right now oh you for sure i mean like i I have nothing against netflix they do make a lot of great stuff did you guys see the the this kind that mode of photography is just it's atrocious So since the beginning of the year max has lost like two million viewers yeah and they were like oh it's a it's because of the strikes and all that stuff everyone else Mm, gained yeah 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 Netflix well, actually gained six oh, yeah. million viewers. Oh, yeah. There's an article. Yeah. I don't know if I sent this yeah. to you guys. I was just reading that. It was like, it really grew. Seven. Yeah. And you know, do you know the number one reason why they grew? Why is that? Uh, cracking down on passwords. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. But they have, and more people are <laughs> right. signing up for the ad based one, which is cheaper, but you watch yeah. ads. Yep. Well, I watch Tubi, which has ads all the time. That's free. And they have a deeper selection of movies than literally yeah. anybody in the face of the earth. Tubi and Pluto are two yeah. other ones. You can I have yeah. Tubi. Miraculous. I don't have Pluto. Well, yeah. Pluto's free. You can just go to it. Yeah. And uh, it's like having and technically Roku, TV. Roku TV also has some. Yeah. But Tubi is doing original content. That, yeah. They are definitely in stage one of – it's like when USA Networks just started like making yeah, stuff. USA. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. USA <laughs> up all night. Up all night. Will exactly. Gilbert Gottfried as your, <laughs> your host. But yeah, let's do quickly do a little uh, Gordon Willis appreciation just by listing, just so people, if people don't know, don't realize what he's done. Okay, yeah, so he okay, did the so, three. He did the three paranoia films. Okay, of so Pakula. so he did right. all Clute, the President's Men, all Clute, the President's Men, Paranoia. Yeah, uh, he but he Annie also Hall. did The Godfather, uh, Godfather Two, um, uh, Annie, Annie Hall. Hall, right? Uh, and here's where you're gonna love it. Okay, first of all, Interiors, fantastic, Manhattan, yes. Stardust Memories, and of course. Broadway Danny Rose, yes. which you and I absolutely, Black. absolutely love. Absolutely. Lou tells me you're an interior decorator. Yeah. Right. Oh I don't God. want to talk about Zelig. Uh, I'm going to give you a incredible. piece of information. A piece of information that's very good. This is a little piece of trivia. Shandar, the magician. A little piece of trivia about Gordon Willis. Are you ready? Hit it. Hit it. And this is, this is, I'm just going to read it directly from IMDb. In a spectacular, in a spectacular seven-year period from 1971 to 1977, Seven of the films he worked on as director of photography accumulated 39 Oscar nominations and 19 wins. Among these are the best pictures of Godfather, Godfather Part Two, Annie Hall, uh, and six for acting with Jane Fonda, Marilyn Brando, John Houseman, Robert De Niro, Jason Robart, and Diane Keaton. Incredibly, Willis failed to secure a single nomination for himself during that period. Insane. When did he pass away? Insane. When did he pass uh, he passed actually. 2011, and wasn't that he? He was married for from 1955 to when he died, which is I think 2018, okay. 2014. That was close. He was at 82, so he looked long up. He had uh, uh, Pakula had a gruesome death, though. Oh yes, oh, that's God. right. So In sad. the Hamptons, so yeah. sad behind a plumbing truck, truck. Yeah. plumbing truck, truck. Yeah. Oh, fucking a sucks. pipe came off the plumbing truck. Bounced up and and impaled uh, through the windshield through his chest. In, unbelievable, man! That's like a fucking final destination death. He did not yeah. deserve that. That dumb. It literally went through. I think his heart or his, right by yeah. his heart. 
Just yeah. imagine if he was jumping a car in parallax view and it's <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I swear. That's such a strange death too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, like I the thing is that you look at the like the DPs of the seventies, you know, like everyone from fucking uh Zygmunt to Gordon Willis no, to sure. Haskell yeah. Wexler to Alan Davio to fucking all like just you know list like like of the greats of all time. Like who can you think of today? Deacons? Deacons. Yes. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> There's others. There's like Emil Lubitsky. There's a couple other great ones. I, I think Claudio Miranda is pretty good. Yep. Yep. And um, Claudio Miranda is good. Um, yeah. the, who was uh, who Mary shot? Sure. Uh, Zo- who shot Zodiac? That was uh, Zodiac. Yeah, Zodiac was. Uh, I think he. I think he's since passed that guy, but he is very very. Oh, good. I thought no. I th- wasn't it Claudio who did that? Was that Claudio? I thought there was. Um, Hold on. Fuck. Second. What's his name? But, uh, you know, and then you have people like Vittorio Storaro who are still working. That guy must be like That's 90 crazy. something years old. You know, is he Snow. still he's working? Still fucking, he's still cooking. Yeah. Uh, no. So I'm talking about Harris, uh, Savitas. Harris Savitas. Yeah. Who's very, very, who's extremely good. I think he may have died. Um, the, and the other oh great my God, guys. I didn't realize that Angus Wall was the editor of Zodiac. He's really I, good. I don't know Angus Wall. Angus Wall, yeah, I should no, have for he, Zodiac, exactly. Uh, Angus, uh, uh, he he started uh, uh, Rock Paper Scissors. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, worked yeah. for that right. guy. Yes, yeah, that was A five A five two is their CG, yeah. but their VFX yeah, yeah. branch. That's who yeah. I worked for. Yeah, Angus but uh, like I would say the the most notable person outside of those is like Hoyt van Hoytema, um, who's extremely good. He shoots uh, for. Um, He's Nolan's new guy. Um, and let's see, he also shut uh, Let the Right One In. Let the Right One In. That's yeah. a beautiful movie. Yeah. So he's very, very good. But like these guys are like, they're all something like, except for Deacons and Lubinsky, I would say like nobody has the full career of a Gordon Willis or a. I was going to say it was like such whoever, a short of time. whoever shot, uh, whoever shot uh, uh, Roma is amazing. And it's. Oh, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Alfonso Caron. Yeah, uh, no. His, he shot his own movie. <laughs> it so, was. It was. Oh yes. shit! He was a cinematographer. He should stick with it. He should stick with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Carone wrote, directed, yeah. edited, and shot. Yeah, Roma's Roma. spectacular. What a fucking movie, man. That's that's such a that I remember when we were first talking about Roma. I stick by it. That is the first real VR experience I've had just from watching a movie. Like which yeah. one? Roma. Roma. It's yeah. so the 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 sonic inclusion of the audience in that movie is so sur- you're just like I am in Mexico. <laughs> it's actually real. It's just incredible. Absolutely incredible film. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Really, really good. I'm just looking at a trailer to it. Oh, amazing. Uh, yeah. Also a Netflix film. Yeah. No, all their top of the line stuff is a plus. Like the, I would say the only movie I don't like the photography of that one of the bigs did is I, I really don't like the way the Irishman looks. Yes. The Irishman yeah. looks like a, a TV movie for me. I am worried. Wanted to go see, uh, uh, what's the killer? Killers of the, of the flower moon. Flower moon. Yep. A little worried. I, well, well they, I, I hear it. I have, I hear, yeah, I hear there's, well, so I, many com- competing complaints in that movie. It's yeah. insane oh. to me. Like it's like because you have um, you have uh, uh, people uh, like I don't want to get make it a political thing, but like the reason why I haven't seen this movie is because I want to wait for the 
uh, politically inflected opinions to die down. So I can just watch it as a movie and then say, I like this movie or whatever, without people saying ugly political things. And man, they got some very, it's gotten very heated in many film groups that in ways that have nothing to do with the film whatsoever. No, it's all about Native Americans that are treated or portrayed. Yeah. A friend of mine is a director. yeah, right. Not happy about you because that. you have the right because you have you have native folks that are seeing the movie and saying this is a embarrassing, pitying way to portray Native Americans. It's totally inaccurate and it's very offensive. And then you have the cast of the movie saying, you know, um, uh, anybody you know, just like the, the you think this is bad. You should see the fucking Yellowstone and those guys are racists and you're just like everybody, everybody, just chill out, just chill out. That's right. <laughs> like everyone, relax. Just calm down. So is Scorsese getting heat? I know. Actually, he's come out kind of unscathed. I don't know, like, but the, the, but, the movie but do itself. Do you think that he might be getting a little too old to do movies? Yes. I don't yes, know. I haven't the seen this Irishman. Because I actually I rewatched the Irishman like recently, it. and I, I like the Irishman very much. It is a very the slow only movie, thing but I, I like. You it. like about it is the is the actors and seeing them together again. Like, oh yeah, Doesn't, yeah. no, I like. There's I a like familiarity the, about. I, it I like the. Like, I, I think the problem. The problem with that movie is I don't like the look and the and the digital it's like Pink Floyd coming stuff back doesn't again work. to do one last show. But like I, I, I will wait until I see okay. Killers Final of the Flower Moon. Final tour of Elton John. Yeah, right. Like I'm gonna wait until I see Killers of the Flower Moon. Candle in the wind. <laughs> like I, I think that uh, you know, like Irishman for me would have been better if it were tighter. I think that's true. It's a little bit long and slack, but it is a good movie, and we just want to see what happens with this one. Like I, I like DiCaprio. I like everybody in the cast, and like it looked like a good ad, so I'd like to see it. And certainly, like I love Scorsese in general, so I will see it. But I just don't want to see it and then get into fights, like which is pretty much. Yeah, like that's just a killer for my, my interest in movies now. It's just like I don't want to see movies where it's a political hot button because then I'm just going to be fucking stuck yakking about that stuff. Like mm-hmm. I want to see a movie and say this is a good movie or people we can argue whether the movie's any good. That's fine. Sure. But like uh it's such a giant fucking waste of time to talk about whether or not there's enough Emily Blunt time in Oppenheimer. <laughs> just like um make a different movie. <laughs> like make a different yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh okay. Listen, I know I said I wanted to be a little shorter today, and we I think we did it. There it is. <laughs> yes. You have a time, you have a heart out, so that's okay. I did have a heart out. I'm gonna go see Tom Papa tonight. I'm very excited about nice. it. Nice. Tom nice. Papa's great. He does a, if you haven't seen him, you should go to Netflix and you if you need a good stand up show that is gonna just make you feel better about yourself. Which is rare because most stand-up shows depress you, you. Feel, depress you <laughs> by f- making fun of you. Yeah, watch Tom Papa's show called "You're Doing Great." Sounds amazing. I love yes. it. I, I, it and, sounds like a new and it right is, post-pandemic is like yeah. the perfect show. It's hilarious. Oh, I love it. Okay, and he's good. great. He's like, "You're doing great. You're doing great." And he's um, like, you know, talking about just, you know, it's okay if you want to be in your underwear all day. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> I'll do my Gene Stapleton again. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. I can't. No, no. I'm on command. I can't. It's, I'm pee shy. Like, but yeah. <laughs> Everyone's so popular. <laughs> it's so good. Um, my, my recommendations outside of the killer, which I can't wait to talk about, whether people like it or not, I can't wait to talk about that movie. Um, uh, my recommendations, my, 
uh, old movies that I had not seen were recommended many, many times to me. And I finally caught up with uh, Cure and Pulse, both by Kiyoshi, um, uh, uh, what's his last name? Kurosawa. Kiyoshi Kurosawa's mm. uh, Cure and Pulse are fucking incredible movies. Uh, and uh, I, I just watched them on um, Tubi. So yeah, Tubi. <laughs> Don't pay for it. Get Tubi. But you know what's interesting now is when you thought about like so so we had shows right that would have cliffhanger moments mm-hmm. for ads all the time. Oh yeah, right? right, right, right. So so editing was around shows was made for ads, right? To make sure the ads mm-hmm. would work, one hundred percent. And then Netflix came along and says there is no ads, right? And so that means that. It doesn't have to be 26 minutes or 23 minutes to accommodate ads, and we right. don't need to have these specific moments of breaks to do that. And so all of them were much more controlled, good editing, not yes. to be broken up into these right. act one, two, and three situations. And then what's happening now is that they're introducing ads, and it's giving these awkward breaks in the middle of these shows. That because they're not sense. designed for this stuff That's, anymore. Yeah. So now they're designing them back into it. Of course. like. The thing is, like, it can have a positive effect because the television in the 60s was, like, designed their act system around the ads. And it turns out you can write very tightly if you know what your time block is. And that's good. Um, but 90s television, like, the ad blocks were so long. They just had to yeah. cram fucking shit in there or just have scenes that nothing happened for 20 minutes to spin their wheels to get to the end. Right. And it was just useless. And so, like, there's an opportunity for them to do sharp work. They're not going to do it. But it's like how I feel about intermissions. I'm like, everyone's against having intermissions, but I'm just like, first of all, you get to pee. Second of all, it forces the movie to have actual acts. So you have to make a good movie for an hour and then you have to make a good movie for another hour because if the first hour is bad. People leave. <laughs> like Lawrence of Arabia has two distinct acts and it makes the movie very, very clear. And it's so there's, with an intermission. Yeah. It's uh it can be useful. If you're going to bring the ads back, think about that. That's all. They're not going to, no one listens to this show. No one listens to this show. <laughs> no one listens to this show, but, uh, but they should listen to this show. They so should. if you, if, if you know, if you do happen to be one of the people who's in the show, make sure you let people know to listen to this show. Anybody so, who listens to Tarantino's podcast should listen to this show. Yes. That's right. Because it's the same show, but it's better. It's the same show, except we're not famous. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same show. The same show with less recognizable faces. That's right. Actually, I love that show. It's a great show. But yes, please spread the words. What we spread the word. Say. Remember, on YouTube now, we are streaming there. YouTube is youtube.com slash at Martini Giant. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward. And you can hit us up on Twitter at uh, Martini underscore Giant. Giant. Not Twitter yeah. anymore, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's on, uh, on yeah. fucking Musk. On Musk. Hit us uh, up on Musk. Uh, <laughs> and then we're also on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Yes, that's right. And blah, 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 blah. Or just go yeah. to martinigiant.com. But anyway. That's right. And join our Discord. There we are. That's it. Join our Discord. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are you guys ready to wrap this up? Let's we do it. We're ready to rock. All right. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.